And a good morning to you. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He's Griffin. Busy day ahead. Much to do. Uh, do me a favor, please send me the rundown because I need to update the video. Thank you. I promise you, if you're flipping over to YouTube, this is not simply the bits. We did that yesterday. It was lovely. I would say it's probably the finest 38 minutes of broadcast and the history of 38-minute broadcasts. I mean, I would say it will go down in the books as one of the great moments in the history of this program, but it's it's not what we're doing today. Today we've uh, moved on, and we're going to do Glenn Clark Radio today. And um, a couple of neat guests that are going to join us today that we're meeting for the first time, including uh, Eagles cornerback and Baltimore native Zach McPherson is going to join us a little bit later on. Also, we're going to head down to uh, Lexington, Kentucky, where um, they've had a wide receiver emerge over the last couple of weeks on the University of Kentucky football team. His name is Rasan Lewis. And you might think, uh, Glenn, why would you why would you care about meeting a wide receiver on the University of Kentucky football team? That seems like a stretch. Well, uh, he is one of the sons of a man named Ray Lewis that perhaps you've heard of. And so a very interesting local connection. We'll catch up with uh, Rasan Lewis later on in the program. We will, uh, Drew Forrester, for better or for worse, will check in with us. That's the way it works. Nothing I can do about it. It's Wednesday. It's 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 on the it's on the board. What do you mean? I'm supposed to get up there and change what it says on the board? It says Drew Forrester on Wednesdays. So I don't have much of a choice. We just have to do it. I feel like it's typically for better. I, Is it, though? I think so. For who? For for. For who? I think it adds to the program. What do you think it adds to the program exactly? Just uh, a different perspective of things. A different perspective of things. <laughs> like, like you think that this show needed um, uh, an octogenarian who only watches golf. <laughs> like, you think, yeah, it's not fair. He's not 80 yet. He's He's got like two or three years before he turns <laughs> 80, I think. Um. Hey, man, it's what it is. Drew will join us a little bit later on. And for those of you that are Drew fans, I'm sure you'll look forward to that. And for me, I'll I'll survive it. I have survived worse things in my life. All right. Um, also, thank you to all of you who came out last night for the Tyus Bowser show. We had an awesome night. We were at uh, the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. We're going to get you segment number one of the Tyus Bowser show with our very special guest, Chuck Clark. Not a bad when when you have to scramble, if you weren't with us for Simply the Bets, uh, you missed the fact that we were supposed to have Devin Duvernay join us, and then Devin had a scheduling issue come up. I believe he's going to join us a little bit later on in the year. Um, but you had to scramble, you had to find somebody. Not a bad backup plan that uh, Tyus came up with, where he was able to uh, get uh, Chuck Clark to come out for the uh, show last night. Had a great time chatting with Chuck. Uh, kind of an emotional moment at one point. We talked to Chuck about, it, it won't be in segment number one, but you can find the entire show in the archives already. And also, we'll be airing the segments throughout the week. Segment one, number one today, two tomorrow, and three on Friday. And then I'll also throw onto that list um, that you'll be able to listen to the entire show Friday night on 105.7 The Fan. At one point, I, we did talk to Chuck Clark about you know him having demanded a trade in the offseason and... You know the fact that everything worked out, and that you know he hasn't been at all a malcontent. He hasn't like I. It kind of blows him out. A lot of times, you assume that when somebody wants to trade, you almost have to trade him because they're just going to make life miserable for everybody. And Chuck Clark's been anything but that. Like he has been incredible. And so I was talking about it, and I I just sort of asked Tyus about it, and Tyus 
gave like a, a stump speech about Chuck Clark. It's one of the most emotional things I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, very powerful. So you'll be able to hear that this week. We'll get you segment number one coming up today. Today's show uh, brought to you by friends at FanDuel. You know, mobile sports betting and online sports betting will be starting in Maryland in the next few weeks. And PressBox is your source for the best offers and sign-up incentives. Starting right now, you can get a $100 pre-registration credit from our friends at FanDuel by going to PressBoxOnline.com offers. The $100 credit is in addition to the new user promo that you'll get when they go live. Just go to PressBoxOnline.com offers right now to get your $100 FanDuel pre-registration bonus credit pressboxonline.com slash offers a um, couple of things one yes thank you to everyone who um, who came out last night john keller good morning uh great appreciate you checking in uh he's uh down at atl going back to uh arkansas what were you doing in atlanta john what were you doing i, th- I think he's on the way here oh he's coming here yeah, i think so well how come you didn't tell me that john i'd love to get together uh, i might be out of town never mind <laughs> i by the way still I think I've talked about it. What a nightmare of a last. So I, I think I said my wife and I were planning on going to New Orleans for the game. She did not take off of, of work on Tuesday. I said, what, why can't we fly back after the game? I said, baby, the game goes until midnight. There isn't a flight after the game. Well, what, what, about, what about a red eye? I'm like, this is not a... New Orleans is not like a metropolis for like the working class, like people. This is not where people go on business. They go there not to fly out at four in the morning. Specifically, you go to New Orleans because you're not planning on waking up until noon. Not an option. Uh, so New Orleans was off the table. So the backup plan was let's go to Madison, Wisconsin. Which is a place I've always wanted to go to. Maryland's playing Wisconsin. Uh, Talia Tungavaloa is going to be back. We learned that yesterday. So good news there for the Terps. And, um, you know, I just said it's a place. I, a lot of people have told me it's worth going and checking out a game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that, right? Like, I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, make all the plans. Everything's good. And then I realize the game's going to be at noon, which I'm like, oh, that's 11 a.m. Central time. The flight that I booked to Milwaukee, because Southwest does not fly to Madison, you add in an hour-ish drive, it, we ain't going to get there in time. Like, that won't work. So I say, okay, let's just fly in on Friday night instead, right? Like, I purposely bought the flights that, like, you can move without penalty. So no problem. We'll just fly in on Friday night. And that'll even be even better, because then we can drive late on Friday night to Madison and spend the night there instead of trying to drive in on game day, right? Like, that that makes more yeah. sense yeah, that yeah. way. I, th- I thought that through. Yes. So I said, all right, baby. Um, you know, I think we, were, we had plans for the Proctors, but uh, we're not going to be able to – I have to tell them what to move the date. <laughs> I haven't told John that yet, but I, for what it's worth, we might not have to cancel that. Um, you know, like, we we we'll just go in on Friday night, and, and no problem. Everything's fine. We can, we've, I've solved it. To which he said, oh, we don't have anybody to watch the kids on Friday night. I said, we were supposed to have the kids on Friday. We were flying out at like 6 a.m. That doesn't work. That doesn't make sense. We're just going to drop the kids. If we got to fly out at 6 a.m., that means we got to be at the airport at 4.30. We're going to drop the kids off at somebody's house at 4 in the morning? We're leaving our house at 3.30? What the hell is going on here? Well, 
I didn't know we needed to leave on Friday night. Well, yeah, but you... I love my wife. I'm going to make that abundantly clear. I love my wife. And certainly I could have over-communicated in these situations. That would have been an option for me. I could have over-communicated what was going on. But we might not have a path to Madison now this weekend either. Now, we're going to do something. Like, worst thing than Saturday morning, I'm going to hop in a car. We're going to drive to... Shenandoah or something, right? Like, we're just going to go spend a weekend somewhere. I already took off work on Monday. Like, we're going somewhere. Right, right. We're going to spend a couple days somewhere. But it might not be at a football game. <laughs> Tried multiple different ways. So you need someone to take care of the kids Friday night is the... Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. I'm not really putting that out there. for okay. You know, like, this isn't like a... Hey, if you'd be interested in watching my kids on Friday night, we don't play that game. <laughs> That a very limited number of people that were willing to. The weird part is I don't think she's bothered to call my sister. And that's a little bit. Like that makes me wonder like what's going on there. Boy, I'm really putting out. A, I don't need to put out this much information. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll take it all back. Uh, moral of the story is I have no idea if we're going to be at a football game or not. I would like to go. We got. Every, everything's there for us to be able to go. I just don't. I don't know if it's happening or not. All right. So. Gotcha. I, don't, I don't know what the hell just happened. I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> we're trying to figure out what, uh, I, I guess, what you were doing this weekend. What were we, why were we? I guess we're talking about the Ravens, probably. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Proctor says, why not leave the boys with Griffin for the night? <laughs> okay, so Friday night, well, I'm calling a high school football game Friday night. Ah, so if they, I mean, uh, they can hang out they with They could go me. to the game, yeah, right. Yeah, they can hang they out. Could, Hey, Griffin, you're you're not prepared for this. I I, I, I respect you. Probably not. And but and I in a, in a pinch, like if there was a day where I needed the boys to come to work with me, I would absolutely. I did this. I think it was Lil Jordan who I did this with last year. <laughs> Lil Jordan. I want to say there was a day during like the whole COVID thing where enough kids in my son's class had COVID that they shut the thing down. But he was good. Like he was groovy. He did not have the COVID. So his options were. I don't even remember what the backup like it was either he could come to work with me or go to work with my wife and he was like I want to go to work with dad and so nice. like and the old place yeah I mean he gets to go to work with mom every now like they okay. go there sometimes <laughs> during the summer they'll go there every now and then like when they don't have a camp or something going on so like this was different for him he was like yeah I want to go so I realized like hey for a couple hours I'm unavailable Lil Jordan you're in charge <laughs> And he did a great job. He did a great job. So that circumstance, I would be happy to have you. Keeping the kids overnight right. becomes a whole different animal, man. Like, it's a completely different circumstance. And, and I love you. And I'm not saying you couldn't do it. It's more like a, I don't think it's a best practice for yeah. that to be the yeah. case. Yeah, okay. That's so, fair. That's I, fair. I, you know, like, I, I appreciate you. This is not me looking. I, I, I'm not. By the way. There might be a point where I don't have a choice. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, anyway, the moral of the story is I don't think I'm going to the game anywhere this week. Well, uh, hopefully. Hopefully it'll all work out. Hopefully that'll be the case. Yeah, I don't know how we got here. You tell me. How did I get here? How uh, did I start? Maybe it was because John and Little Rock's flying out ah, here. Ah, right. Right. And I don't know if I'm going to be here or not. Yeah. yeah I was going to say I could get together with John, but I don't know if I'll be here at any point this weekend. That's what I was trying. Thank you, Griffin. You got, <laughs> you got me there. It was a very roundabout way, but you got me there. All right. Um, a couple of things I wanted to discuss today. One, um, the Ravens obviously did not make any further moves at the deadline. I'm not very surprised by that. Like, once they made the Roquan Smith move, that felt like the move they were going to make. I did think there was room for a lower end 
move at wide receiver, particularly with Rashad Bateman's injury. And disappointed, I don't know if that's the word that I'm going to... I'm su- mm. I'm not surprised. I don't know what the word would be. I, I, I'm not... The same disappointed would say that I would think... I, I, I don't think you're gaining much by trading a late-round future pick for somebody's scrub wide receiver or the last guy on somebody's wide receiver depth chart. I don't think that makes much of a difference. So I can't say that I'm disappointed. And am I surprised? I don't know if I'm surprised. I, I thought that was still in play, and it proved not to be in play. Now their answer internally would be, well, we did that. We acquired Deshaun Jackson. That's about the same as trading a late round pick for somebody's you know last guy on their depth chart. And they wouldn't be terribly wrong about that. Like we would say, hey, Deshaun Jackson was out of the league, right? Like you, you can't you can't make that comparison. But if it's somebody's if it's a guy that's lower on somebody's depth chart, the difference between that and Deshaun Jackson isn't so significant that they wouldn't be truthful in saying, hey, we already made that type of move. And again, I don't think I wanted them to make that type of move. I don't think that makes a difference. You'd be doing that essentially to play the numbers game having lost Rashad Bateman and not knowing exactly how long you've lost Rashad Bateman for. It would be just for the sake of adding one more guy in. There is still the option of trying to explore Odell Beckham at some point. If Odell Beckham's healthy enough to play, I would think there's going to be a demand for Odell Beckham and the Ravens still only have about three million dollars in cap space now I get it whenever Odell Beckham comes back you'd be looking at a prorated deal but there would be other teams that would have the ability to offer a little bit more money than what the Ravens have to offer and if Odell Beckham can can play I just think there's going to be a demand like you don't you don't see a guy who was pretty helpful a year ago for the team that went a Super Bowl become available the huge question is, will he be able to play at some point this season? And I think the answer is we still don't know. But if if he is, there almost becomes a bidding. Either he's personally deciding the circumstance that makes the most sense for him. And I have no idea how Odell Beckham would go about choosing that, right? Like, Yeah. I mean, if, I, if the if, Bills if, are in the, right, the sweepstakes, like... Then I would probably, if I were Odell Beckham, I'd probably choose the Bills or the Chiefs, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, those would be the teams that I would say... The Chiefs would be the most logical team, right? Like, their top receiver is either... is is Who knows who their top receiver is? I, it might be Kadarius Toney now. Ugh. I guess... I mean, Juju's had a... He's had a two He's weeks. had a, a decent... Yeah. But, like, I mean, come on, man. We're... They don't have a top wide receiver. So maybe Odell Beckham says, I could go there, perhaps inflate my value to, to, to get a real deal somewhere next year, and have a shot at winning a Super Bowl again. I mean, that would probably be the place that I'd be looking at. Like, I get it. Buffalo looks like the best team in football. Maybe the Eagles are in on him. You know, like maybe yeah. the Eagles would be interested in Odell Beckham. So I, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'd be in on Odell Beckham, but I don't think it's easy to just think that Odell Beckham will end up being a Raven. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Um, I'm disappointed by the totality of the wide receiver picture. How could you not be? It's, it's barren. You don't have them. We all really like the season that Devin Duvernay has put together, but we have to be willing to acknowledge that it's not as a traditional outside wide receiver. 
he's he's showing us a lot of really good things and things that make us excited about what he could be as a football player. But we can't pretend yet that we're looking at, you know, a number one NFL wide receiver. He's a Swiss Army knife right now. He's a man who does so many things that it makes him very valuable, but he's not a number one or or traditional outside wide receiver. Could he still become that? Maybe. Like maybe. It's I'm not gonna say it's impossible. His size would tell you, you know, like probably not a traditional outside wide receiver, but we've seen guys his size that have become very good players in that capacity. Um you know, Demarcus Robinson played well against the Buccaneers. You hope that that continues. Of course, I'm struggling with what the Ravens present at wide receiver. You hope that if Mark Andrews is back on Monday night, they figure out a way for both he and Isaiah Likely to be impactful. That they, again, keep splitting both of them out wide enough that it makes up for maybe one of your traditional wide receiver positions. It's It's not good. There's no getting around it. It's not good. But once they made the Roquan Smith trade, I, like I kept seeing people say, well, now the Ravens could give up a first or a, a third for DJ. I'm like, you, you think the Ravens' plan is going to be to give up all of their day one and day two picks. Now, you can tell me you think they should do that, but you can't seriously tell me you think that's what the Ravens are going to do. Um, for what it's worth, I was told that the Ravens were exploring other trade possibilities and maybe even creative trade possibilities, maybe even trade. I'm going to, I'll throw one again. That's not something I heard. I want to make this abundantly clear. I threw a, a trade scenario into would you rather Wednesday day that involves a player. For example, I was told that they, and not necessarily yesterday, but during the process considered player trades considered you know trades that wouldn't involve them paying extraordinary asking prices but would simply try to make them better at some positions you know they're using places where maybe they have a little bit of depth and considering making those moves and again i I, i'm not going to tell you anything i heard because i didn't really hear a lot specifically right like i didn't specifically hear things that involve players but you know, I just heard that that was something that they were considering, that in some of the calls that they made, they said, well, would you be interested in a player? And that's kind of the problem with the trade deadline is, you know, more often than not, teams aren't really interested. In, the reason why they're dealing is because they don't need players to help them, right? Like, A.J. Klein was a throwaway in the, the Bears trade. The Bears didn't really need A.J. Klein, or they didn't really want A.J. Klein. It was just a throwaway. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a long-winded. I know you probably want me to be mad or show some fire or you know, there be piss and vinegar involved, but I I'm, I'm not surprised. They made the trade that they were going to make. They did that calculating their ability to recoup a draft pick if they don't keep that player around. The the other guys that we that we were talking about were guys in far more unique circumstances. So, you know, like, should they have dealt for Brandon Cooks? I mean, 
Probably. I mean, yeah. Like, right. <laughs> like I. Yeah. I. I. I was interested in Brandon Cooks, but in a bidding war for Brandon Cooks. I mean, the other teams that were in the bidding war ultimately decided it was too much. I. I don't know. I. I don't. I don't know. I. I. It's a tough place for me. Because I have no problem saying that I condemn what the Ravens have done at wide receiver. I do. And condemn feels like a strong word. I, I, I'm not okay with what the Ravens have done at wide receiver. But specifically, was there a move? I, I don't know that I would have been opposed to the deal that the Chiefs made for Kadarius Toney. To think that that addresses your wide receiver need. Again, you're using a bit of hubris there. Like, Kadarius Tony is not a proven NFL wide receiver. He's not. Talented guy. Guy that clearly a lot of us like coming out of the draft, but I don't know that Kadarius Tony is a high-level NFL wide receiver. The Calvin Ridley thing was really interesting to me, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's a game-changer, but you can't. you don't have him this year. He's not helping. So is it worth paying a significant price for a player that doesn't address your current need when you're trying to win a Super Bowl? I mean, trust me, I, I looked at that and I'm like, dude, Calvin Ridley was available? I, there's this, this sort of fantasy part of me that's like, yo, I, I definitely would have been in on Calvin Ridley. But again, doesn't help you win a Super Bowl this year. So I don't know, can I condemn them for that? Not. Not really. Like, if you're going to be trading assets, part of it is trying to win a Super Bowl this year. So, I get why the Jaguars were able to make that move. The Jaguars have no opportunity to win a Super Bowl this year. So, why not trade assets? It might end up costing them a two future second-round picks. Like, I think people looked at that price and were like, a second and a fifth? Well, you got to really dive into what the actual price is. Um, it's more reasonably like a second and a third and if they keep him around, it's a second and a second. So it's a it's a real price. Still probably a price that's worth it. If Calvin Ridley is back next season and looks like Calvin Ridley again, I'd probably pay that price for Calvin Ridley. But, you know, again, doesn't help you now. And you're trying to win a Super Bowl. And it's a tough thing to get rid of assets. I mean, they didn't have a second-round pick this year after they traded for Hoquan Smith. Tough thing to trade assets for somebody that can't help you win a Super Bowl right now. Um, I, I'm, I'm in a tough place. I, again, I, I wish I had a stronger sentiment to share with you. It's a complicated conversation. I still like what the Ravens did in acquiring Roquan Smith. I think that was, I think that was the right thing to do. I think that they made their football team better aggressively. And I appreciate that. I don't like the fact that this organization continues to just have this insane blind spot at the wide receiver position. I'm never going to be okay with that. It's never going to be a day where I wake up and say, like, that's not that big of a deal. Or whatever it is that you try to use to excuse it, right? Like, the number of people are like, well, they, you know, they they use two first round picks in a five year span. That's an investment at wide receiver. I I guess one of them's gone. Like I what are you talking about? I I'll never 
be okay with it. I'll never wake up and say, this is an acceptable way for a team to operate, to constantly value every other position but wide receiver. I'll never, there's just never going to be a day where I think that's an okay way to do business. Or for you to say, we think the market's gone crazy at wide receiver, so we're going to choose to overvalue other places because we think that the market over there is unreasonable. Dude, the teams that win have really good wide receivers. I mean, we, we played this game. The teams that win Super Bowls have either multiple high-level or flat-out game-changing superstar wide receivers on their team. Cooper Cup last year, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Tyreek Hill. You heard of him? The teams that win Super Bowls at this point have superstar wide receivers or at least very high-level wide receivers. Now, again, if the Chiefs were to win the Super Bowl this year, you know, that might change. Because we'd look at it and we'd say, you know, high-ish level in Juju Smith-Schuster, high-ish level, obviously a superstar at tight end in Kelsey, but the Ravens have a superstar at tight end. The Ravens are trying to buck the trend, and I get it. If they're rededicating themselves to the Greg Roman offense, if they're saying that the the Browns game and the second half of the Chiefs game was a reminder of what's to come. We are not freaking out about wide receiver because we know we are diving back in headfirst into the traditional Greg Roman offense. Gus Edwards is either going to be you know back on Monday night or he'll be back after the bye. We believe that a Gus Edwards-led running attack with a really high-level tight end, we, we can carry this thing to winning a Super Bowl. You know, we don't know. We have no basis and proof of that. I'm not... I'm not... Oh, boy. I I keep coming back because I feel like I'm hedging, right? I'm not okay. I'm not okay with how we got here. It's not acceptable. Period. It's not all right. Does it mean the Ravens needed to dramatically pay an exorbitant price to make up for it? I, I'm i not even saying no because the answer might ultimately be yes. It might ultimately be that we get to January and we say, you know what, in hindsight, it was worth paying something extreme. If the Panthers said, dude, we're only trading DJ Moore if you're willing to give us like, you know, a first-round pick and a second-round pick next year or a first-round pick and another first-round pick. That maybe we get to January, like, dude, if they had DJ Moore, like, they might have had a chance. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. It's really yeah. tough. I'm, I'm measuring two different things. I'm measuring in a vacuum the trades that could have been made and trying to make good trades and not pay absurd prices. I mean, the Panthers turned down two first-round picks for Brian Burns. Now, I get it. Neither one of them was next year. So, like, I don't know if they would have taken that deal from the Rams if one of those picks had been next year. I can understand why a team would say, dude, you know, like we need to be good. We can't just keep waiting around. Not, it might be that none of us are here. Like, we, we can't take your 2025 first round pick. That's not an answer for us. Um, I, I'm struggling. I'm just telling you openly that I'm struggling with it. I'm, 
I, I, I know. It's my job. I'm supposed to be the guy, but I'm struggling with this because there are so many different layers to it. I can like what the Ravens did. I can tell you that I have a serious problem with what the Ravens have done at wide receiver. It's not okay. And at the same time, I can find myself saying, I don't know if that means they should have been desperate versus, you know, to John, your point, they just say, this is who we are. We're going to run the ball. That's what we're best at. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, we'll see. I mean, this might be the reckoning that you guys all want for Greg Roman, right? Like, if I'm Greg Roman, I would think that's unfair. I would still like to give me a wide receiver to work with. But this might be the moment. It might be their way of saying, like, hey, we're going to find out if this thing can work to win a Super Bowl this year. And if it can't, then, you know, we'll address wide receiver and we'll address maybe the future of the offense after this year. I don't know. I don't know. It's very frustrating. I'm with you. I'm, I'm frustrated about wide receiver. I am. I want you to know that. I'm not. I am frustrated. That's a good uh, practice. Says I was trying to think of um, an emotion that elicited the disappointment and anxiousness, but not surprise from the lack of a wide receiver trade. I don't know that there is one. We might have to create one. Jaded is close. Make pro- for example, make Prochet into an emotion to be on brand for the Ravens. I was optimistic about a potential wide receiver trade before the deadline, but after another year of no meaningful ads, I have the same Prochet as always. Like, it's just how we feel. I, I don't know how to describe it. And I, I, I know, again, it's easy to say, well, this is why the Ravens will never... They're in, first, I, they're in first place, and they have the number five scoring offense and number two DVOA offense in the NFL. Now, again... They statistically have been much better with Rashad Bateman on the field than they have been with him off the field, but in the second half on Thursday night, they looked really good offensively with him off the field. So, like, it's easy for me to say, hey, they won't be able to keep that up without Rashad Bateman because the numbers say they've been drastically better with him than without him, but the second half of Thursday night would suggest otherwise. So what loud proclamation do I make? What do I say? This is unacceptable. The Ravens will never win anything. Like, I mean, how, what do I say loudly about this? The only loud thing I can keep saying is I'm disappointed. But this has been a, like a stream of consciousness thing. I don't know what's going on here. I should have workshopped some of this before I did the show today. I'm disappointed, again, about where the wide receiver room is. But that's all I know in Baltimore. It's my life is being disappointed. And... Someone would say, hey, but the Ravens have won anyway. Yeah, but like the, the last time they had good wide receivers, they, they won a Super Bowl. Like they, I, it's very frustrating. I try to be a, a reasonable person. I try to be – I try to not fly off the handle. I try to not be you know, the guy that just says things for the sake of saying them. I think you guys know that. Is bitter a word maybe? for? I don't know if bitter yeah, is the word. Seems, that seems too derogatory. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's bitter. Like, if not having wide receivers was the clear difference in why they stunk, then we could be bitter about it. But they don't. They don't stink. Mm-hmm. They're a first-place team. They're the number five scoring offense and number two DVOA offense in the NFL. So what do I say? 
I mean, what, what, what possibly do I say? I would rather they have wide receivers. I can say that. I, I imagine you guys are probably struggling the same way that I am. I'm hearing from a few of you. Um, uh, we have so many Johns. There's so many John. We are just killing it in the John market. Um, uh, John from Little Rock, I'm praying that the ground game at tight end will get the Ravens to the promised land. It sucks that our number one wide receiver, Bateman, is out for weeks and at this point isn't really reliable due to constant injuries. I guess in Duvernay we trust. Um, from another John. So many Johns. From another John. Uh, John says, Glenn, I want to be angry about it, but to your point, I don't know if it's fair to be angry because it's exactly what we expect. And on top of that, we're dealing with the fact that the Ravens have figured out ways to win despite not having wide receivers. I ultimately believe it will be the difference in whether or not they can beat the best teams in the AFC, though. I can't tell you you're yeah. wrong. That's... I mean, I can't. I, I couldn't possibly say that's crazy. It might very well be that the difference in whether or not the Ravens could win a Super Bowl or compete for a Super Bowl this year is what they their inactivity at wide receiver. Um, quickly, while I have a minute here, man, if if you were at City Poly on Friday night, I'd like to hear from you. If you'd be willing to reach out to me, I I want to speak very loudly about what happened at City Poly and the, the aftermath, but I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. By the way, I just realized that I shaved and I missed a spot right underneath my nose. I don't know if it, it can, you can see it, but I was sort of like, uh, yeah, it's not great. It looks like I have a, like another soul patch, like an upper soul patch. Well, I don't know what it looks like, but it feels that way as I grabbed it. Not, not ideal. Really screwed that up. I shave in the shower, so I'm not looking in the mirror. So these things happen constantly. Like it's when I think to shave. Like I'll be in the shower, I'll look up, I'll just grab literally my wife's razor, and I'll just. So that's that's not that's not ideal. I'm I'm doing it. I'm on camera tonight. That's not great. Anyway, the moral of the story is, um, my reaction. To I think the, it looks okay. From thanks, here. from here, from here, yeah, from there. I don't know what it looks like. My reaction to what I saw on the video that Channel Two shared is this is absurd. Like, this is such an overreach, I don't have the words to describe it. Um, the video does not show a brawl. The video doesn't show kids fighting at all. The video shows an adult, and I, I don't know who the adult is, who looks utterly like someone who should not be working with kids, flying out, out of control, and starting a fight, and then a bunch of kids coming together and overwhelmingly trying to play peacekeepers. I talked to a couple people who were at the game. Um, my buddy Booker Corrigan actually called the game. It was the Ravens Rise game of the week. Unfortunately, he admitted to me that they were doing some post-game stuff at that point, and he didn't really see clearly. I talked to a couple other people who were there that said, hey, the game was chippy. And I watched a little bit of the game um, on YouTube. So the game was chippy. Like, there were some ejections during the game. Like, it's a rivalry game, right? Like, it's one of the biggest rivalries in, in the entire region. But nobody who said that they saw something that you would consider to be a brawl, I, I, I feel like I have to be missing something. 
to kick these teams out of the playoffs over the video that I that I saw that's been going around that's been shared on social media is absurd. I mean, it's absurd. But I get it. That's one video. Who knows what there may might also be video of or what someone else might have seen. So I, I'm trying to be, you know, whatever part of journalist I am still, I'm trying to be reasonable. I'm trying to be fair. If you were there, I would love to have you reach out to me. I'd like to talk to you. I would like to write about it for Pressbox, honestly, because I'm flabbergasted. Like, honestly, I'm furious that from what I've seen, a bunch of kids who appear to be doing nothing wrong are being told now that they can't participate in the playoffs because of the actions of an idiot adult. I can't, I can't believe that would be the case. So if I'm missing something, I would like to be informed of that. We're all capable of being wrong. We're all capable of not knowing all the information. And I can tell you, I wasn't at the game. So if I'm missing something in context about what happened at the end of City Poly, I would love for you guys to share that with me. Because I don't see it. I see extraordinary overreach I see an embarrassing decision that's been made and people not doing right by kids that were involved in this game so please please if you know something I'm begging you to reach out to me and let me know about it all right we come back in uh Zach McPherson Zach McPherson is the son of former NFL player Garrick McPherson his brother Garrick played at the University of Maryland and also briefly in the NFL. He's from Baltimore. He ended up at Riverdale Baptist. Now he's in his second year with the Eagles, making a pretty big impact, both defensively and on special teams. Really neat local story. We're going to catch up with Zach McPherson next. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Or is it Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 15th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. Use the code TAILGATE at GinsuGrills.com and you'll save $100 when you order your all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. It is the perfect ceramic home grill or tailgate for smoking, grilling, baking, searing, all kinds of food. Again, GinsuGrills.com. Use that code TAILGATE. Realize the Ravens aren't back home for a little while, but when they are, every time the Baltimore, uh, the, the, the Ravens play a home game, you can stop by the game day firehouse and sample the cooking from the Ginsu Kamado Grill and register to win your own Ginsu Kamado Grill as well as $500 worth of grilling meats. Tailgate is the code, $100 off at ginsugrills.com. Uh, apparently, I, I went out of order, and I have to apologize to Griffin. This is on me, not on him. I blame him for plenty of things. This is not one of them. But we're going to chat with uh, Zach McPherson, and then we'll get you segment number one of the Tyus Bowser Show coming up in a little bit. Uh, had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his schedule, getting ready for a Thursday night game this week. But from the Philadelphia Eagles, Baltimore native Zach McPherson on GCR. Really excited to catch up with our next guest. As it's an awesome local story. This Baltimore native has um, been uh, is thriving. In fact, had a huge play in coverage on Sunday in their win over the Steelers. He is Zach McPherson, and he is with us here on GCR. Zach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple yeah. of minutes for us. No, thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. Hey, um, how many people in your life sent you texts like, hey, thanks for taking care of business against the Steelers on Sunday. Imagine there's a few people you know who are all in on hating on the Steelers and were particularly happy to see your performance on Sunday. Oh, most definitely. A lot of a lot of my buddies back at home that are Ravens fans. They 
most definitely excited that we took care of business on this past Sunday. It was uh, that was one that we all enjoyed. We all got to sit back, sit back with the Ravens being off. We were watching that game. It was cool to see, man. And uh, obviously, you made mm-hmm. a, you made a huge play down there. Growing up, did did you always know like football? was the direction for you i know a lot of like it's it's a family full of athletes that you're in mm-hmm. um give me your background to, to when you knew football was going to be the path for you quite honestly um growing up i, I mean I, I like i said um you know my brothers i'm the youngest of us all so besides my sister i'm the youngest boy so i've seen them growing up and including my parents you know just being successful in what they did um whether it's football or you know baseball so me i was always like somewhat the oddball in terms of like my development growing up um I, I was obviously an athlete but it's just my um development took a little bit longer than the rest of my brothers um in terms of like you know my physical attributes i was skinny you know light not the fastest guy and uh you know going through middle school and a little bit of elementary school i played a little bit of football and then i just stopped playing uh just out of nowhere I was playing baseball. I started picking up baseball, and I was okay. playing that uh, all through my years, all the way through uh, high school. And uh, I believe it was my sophomore year in high school. Um, the football team there, they needed some players, and the coach for the football team came to a baseball practice one day and just saw me out there running around in center field, just doing whatever. And, you know, he heard a word about my family. He asked me to come out for a game. And uh, I ended up doing that. And I don't want to say I never looked back since, but that's kind of where everything started to, you know, fire up for me um, back at Riverdale. You know, then I ended up committing to Penn State um, for baseball and football and went there. And then, you know, it just didn't work out as planned. And uh, I just stuck with football because they were playing for the majority of my scholarship. And I haven't looked back since. Obviously, it's worked out okay for you. <laughs> it seems like yeah, you made yeah. the right decision doing that. Did Did you miss baseball at all? Like, was it was it difficult for you to do that, or was it easy for you to see the path at that point? No, nah, it was. It honestly was. It was so hard to give up. I had trouble giving it up because um, back at Penn State, when Coach Franklin told me he just wanted me to excel at football, he saw something in me. Um, I really, honestly, I did. I wasn't really hearing his words. I didn't really want to hear what he was saying. You know, because that was my love. You know, I love baseball a lot. And, you know, was, everybody else in my family did football besides like a couple of my other brothers, but I thought baseball was where I wanted, where I wanted to go in the MLB and, uh, giving up was hard. So, I mean, yeah. again, it's worked out. Okay. It's worked out all no. right for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, as, as you, you reach the NFL, um, the, the path to Riverdale, like give me that background being from Baltimore, just, just again, because I genuinely don't know, like, how young were you? Did you guys move, or did you just head down to Riverdale? Like, what was the path from Baltimore to end up at Riverdale Baptist? Yeah, so we uh we commuted every day to Riverdale. Wow. Like a 45-minute. You know, the traffic get bad in the DMV area. Um, so that commute to school every morning, like 45, 50 minutes every morning. Coming back, we would hit about an hour because we always come back to a rush hour. Um, you know, it, it was that was pretty much it every day my parents. My mom and dad are really dedicated into giving us the best education they can find and, you know, and allowing us to expand uh, where we want to go in terms of uh, athletic, uh, athletically, you know, because we knew that everybody in my family knew, you know, if we didn't get scholarships, you know, school was going to be kind of, you know, we weren't going to be able to go through college without, without the scholarships paying for school. You know, we didn't want our parents, you know, having to come out of pocket for anything. So 
they did everything they could and, and sacrificed a lot for us wow. to go all the way down every day. Wow, man, that's really that's really cool. How much more meaningful does it make it now for you to be able to do this and 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 see that sacrifice and that those things your parents are willing to do see that pay off as you've made your own jump to the NFL? Nah, man. Every each and every day, uh, even before I step out on the field, I'm just. I'm so thankful and grateful for everything they've done. And sometimes I can't uh, thank them enough for everything they've done. You know, just seeing me being the youngest, seeing them, everything, all the sacrifice they made for all my oldest siblings, and then it paying off for me. And, you know, they put me in the right position to be successful in life. So I can't thank them enough. Man, that's awesome. That's so cool to hear you say that. <laughs> Zach McPherson, the Philadelphia Eagles, Baltimore native. He's with us here on GCR, going into the year, um, as, as good as it's gone, right, being a special teams player of the week in week one, making big plays throughout mm-hmm. the year, maybe we should mention you guys are undefeated. I think that's probably pretty mm-hmm. pretty noteworthy. Did, did you know how special the opportunity was that was in front of you when you heard your name during the draft? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Um, you know, I just knew that this was where uh, – I don't want to say necessarily like I knew that I wanted to come here because you know the draft you don't really know where you're going. Right. But you know when I heard my name and I got that uh, got that phone call from Howie and the staff, you know, I was so excited, you know, because I know that this was a team that's that in that time was you know rebuilding and building for something great, and and you know it was going to come sooner or later. And, you know, it's all the work that uh you know every person a part of the organization put in, players, coaches, and staff included, is paying off this year. You know. It's, it's kind of nice to be a part of something like this and seeing uh, the fruits of the labor, you know, finally come about. And we got some good going, so I can't be more excited to be here as a Philadelphia Eagle. What can you explain how it's happened this way? Like, obviously, it helps to have good football players, and that you know, every time I look around, right. the Eagles are adding another good football player, right? But like, <laughs> yeah. a lot of teams have good football players. What what is it that that has clicked with your group or with you know your coaches? that has allowed you guys to get off of this, this insane start that you've gotten off to this season? Honestly, I'll say it's something that's totally off the field. I'll say I'll draw it all the way back to, like, just the connection that everybody has, like, in the building, whether it's players or coaches, coaches or staff, you know, just everybody in this building, we feel like we're comfortable around each other. we got uh, great chemistry. Um, you know, the vibes around this building are just unreal, you know. It's like home, you know, home away from home. And everybody here, we just – we all get along. We click together. You know, we want to. We all got the same goal in mind. There's no individuals. Um, everybody plays a role, in, and that that's my example of uh, you know why we're being so successful this year. Yeah, and if that's going down, making a play on a on a kick and de- down on the ball at the one yard line, that's what you know. That's that's how you can contribute to help your team win. And uh, you you yeah. done a, you done a pretty good job in that department. It's worked it. out all right. Um, I saw yeah. something really funny from a couple weeks ago. Uh, you guys were playing on Sunday night, and you were running out of the tunnel, and there was a dude running next to you that maybe you didn't recognize. Um, yeah, can you tell me a little bit about that? <laughs> that so look, we were we we're running out of the tunnel, and um, you know we run out. I'm like, okay, this guy's in the tunnel. I'm like, I don't really, I'm not gonna say. You know, I'm, I don't know who he is. He probably could be, you know, a special guest of the team, just getting a different thrill, you know. I don't. We don't know the insides of, of you know, the guests they bring out or anything. So I'm, like, minding my best. I'm like, okay. And I look to my left. I'm running out. And this dude starts sprinting and starts spinning 360s, waving his hand in the air. I'm like, oh, he's really into it. And then he takes off. And, you know, we get down to the end. And uh, I'm actually, you know, I'm like, who is this guy? Like, why is he out here gapping us up? And then out of nowhere, the security came and got him off the field. 
And, you know, just seeing that, I was cracking up when I saw that stuff. Uh, saw the videos on, on Twitter afterwards. I, I had no idea what was going on. Yo, it was just, just a dude, just a guy that got drunk and figured he was going to have his moment. Like, <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah. He, he definitely lived his moment to the fullest. He was out there uh, shaking hands with Kelsey and all those guys. <laughs> he belonged. <laughs> Yo, I almost like, I mean, obviously we can't have more people doing it. So like you have to arrest them. You have to, but there's a small part of me that's like sort of wants to tip my cap. Like, yo, bro, you, you did it. Like nah, you, yeah, yeah. He, you, <laughs> you got your moment. He, he, right. He executed his game plan really good. <laughs> no doubt. Zach McPherson yeah. is with us. Hey, um, you know, Zach, we talk about your father. Uh, we talk about your family, your brothers. Obviously, your older brother played in the NFL for a minute and played at Maryland. What, what, what's the best advice? What's the single most significant thing maybe that, that any of those guys told you that you've carried as you've made your own journey and you've carved out your place now in your own NFL career? Um, I want to say it was from my brother, Derek. Uh, I forget. I, it was back when I was in, uh, I want to say middle school. And uh, he, like, we were just having casual conversation. And he said, um, something to me about taking advantage of uh, being the youngest and uh, soaking up all the information and just learning from them being examples to me. And whether it's learning from the good things there or the mistakes or whatever it may be, um, learning from all that stuff and then using it and correlating it to my own life and where I want to go. And, you know, I started doing that. The older I got, I just started, you know, trying to mimic and walk in their steps and learn from their mistakes so I wouldn't have to go through it or learn from the things they did right and trying to, you know, mimic it myself and do it that way. So, I mean, I would definitely say that would be it. I mean, it's, I think it's incredible advice, obviously, and I, it's it's incredible that you continue to carry it with you. What about as far as your upbringing here? Like, is there anything about like your your upbringing in Baltimore? And you know how we are here. We're, we're we pretend perennially have a chip on our shoulder in this city. Like, it's just who mm-hmm. we are. It's part of identity. Mm-hmm. Is there anything about your upbringing here that maybe you recognize and say, "Hey, I, that's significant. This is how I carry Baltimore with me wherever I am." Um. I, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not too sure. Probably about my upbringing, I think with me, it's probably like a little a, a joke about it, but I say the seafood culture. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. It, I it, think that everywhere. It's not bad to not have to be far from home. Like, if you would end up with like, the Cardinals, you'd be screwed. There would be nothing. I, I, I moved to Arizona right. at one point. I, I couldn't get a crab mm-hmm. cake to save my life. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. And gotta have old bay with you at all times. Yeah, so you ended up being all right, not being too far from home. So like, you can yep, still be I'm okay. right down the road. Exactly right. You can still be okay. And they they believe in putting old bay on their fries up there. So like, you know, <laughs> we like to say that yeah, Philly, yeah, Philly's yeah. kind of like our cousin city in a way. Like it's all it's all right, right that way. Um, has the, yeah, that's the part that's it. Has the thought crossed your mind at all about like the possibility that this could be like a Ravens even Eagles Super Bowl at some point and like. How crazy that would be for you, your family, your friends? Uh, honestly, uh, not really. It hasn't really crossed my mind. Uh, I would say I've never really looked that far ahead. I get it. I get it. Keep the yeah. goals in front of you. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm not looking too far ahead. That's, that's the talk around a facility right now, you know. I, hey man, it's working out for you guys. I saw um uh, uh my guys here, my my producer, my my interns were showing me that you guys were already doing your uh uh your recovery like 20 seconds after the game ended on Sunday as you guys were getting ready for Thursday night football. Like you guys are clearly quite goal driven. 
Yep, that's that's how we that's that's uh, a key to our success. You know, just keeping our head level. Uh, give me one before we let you go, Zach. Give me one guy that you have gone up against, or you know, whatever it is so far that like you almost kind of had to pinch yourself for a second. Like, holy crap, I'm really on a football field right now with blank name. Like, have you had one of those moments yet during this season? Uh, not not, not this season, but last like, season when I was going up against when I was going up against like uh Amari Cooper. You know, I grew up watching him. Yeah, I was like, oh wow. Like, I'm really, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what my rookie year when I was going up against him, I was like, wow. Like, I'm really here, you know? Dude, that's a pretty, yeah, that's a pretty real moment, man. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm I'm here. This is this is happening for me as I'm going up against him. That's cool, man. That's, uh, yep, that's, that's yeah. really awesome. Zach McPherson, mm-hmm. um, social media, Twitter, Instagram, where where can everybody be giving you a follow? Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, Z McPherson, on, on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is uh, ZMac8. ZMac8. Give him a follow on there. Hey, man, as long as it's not, like, again, as we mentioned, the Ravens and the Super Bowl, we're going to be pulling for you. Um, it's awesome <laughs> to see all of the success you've already had shortly into your career, dude, just, you know, and obviously in year two. Uh, really appreciate mm-hmm. taking the time for us. Best of luck as you guys head down to Houston on Thursday night. Thank you for doing this for us, man. No, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on the show. That's Zach McPherson of the Philadelphia Eagles, second-year cornerback and uh, special teams ace as well. Appreciate him taking a couple minutes for us. Baltimore native who is uh, making a serious name for himself in the NFL. Winding down for hour number one of today's show, Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios are up. You can find them right now, not only Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio, but at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Getting a quicker response on Facebook this week than on Twitter, which is very weird. It's not normally the way that it goes. Um, but uh, you can go find them right now. It's brought to you by Glory Days Grill. We will uh, go over Would You Rather Wednesday a little bit later on when Drew Forrester checks in with us, but uh, scenarios are available. Again, facebook.com slash Radio and at Radio on Twitter as well. Um, Stan the Fan, earlier this week, he and Ross Grimsley caught up with Shane Turner, former Oriole, now an executive with the Giants, talking some World Series. We didn't get to talk about, so that, like, Lance McCullers apparently was legitimately tipping his pitches last night, which isn't going to make much of a difference if, you know, you don't score any runs. Like, you're not going to win that game anyway, but it doesn't seem ideal that you're tipping your pitches in the World Series. I know there's a lot of controversy about Dusty Baker continuing to let him get his brains beat in. I brought this up with Justin Verlander in game one, and, like, at, at this point now down two games to one, like, there's a real conversation to be had about, whether maybe game one could prove to be quite costly for the Astros in this series. Definitely could prove to be very costly for those of us who bet the Astros to cover the series line. Definitely could be very costly. You're going to need three in a row. Yes, that's what I'm going to need at this point, or else I join you once again being stupid. Um, Look, man. I, that to me is more egregious. Like there is something to be said for last night. Like you didn't know the dude was tipping his pitches. I, I guess this is a hindsight versus in the moment thing. In the moment, do you, do you say, hey, we've got enough pitching. We don't have to just leave a guy out there to get his brains beat in to get us through some innings. We've got enough pitching to get through the World Series. Or is it easier to say, hey, in hindsight, they didn't score any runs anyway. You know, at least they didn't use more pitchers that they might need in the next couple of games that could really matter. 
I mean, I don't have the answer for what it's worth. I, I, I don't know what the correct answer is in that scenario. It definitely in the moment felt like Dusty Baker probably should have gone out and gotten the dude that was getting battered. I mean, was just getting roughed up. But, you know, ultimately I don't know what the I was, was going to use it as one of my tidbits, but he, he became the first pitcher in uh, Major League Baseball history to give up five homers in one postseason game. Wow, in one postseason game. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Five home runs Jeez. in a single game by one Jeez. given up by one pitcher. And they were I mean they were rocked. I mean, like these were yeah. not like these were balls that were barreled. Yeah. And again, there's some video going around this morning of like he said afterwards he wasn't tipping his pitches, but what's he gonna say? <laughs> like, oh yeah, man. Yeah, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I think it was uh oh God, hang on a second. Um I saw somebody share it out. ESPN shared out video of somebody breaking down exactly how he was I think, tipping I know pitches. Ben Verlander posted a short video. Uh, did he? Uh, yeah. Todd Frazier, apparently. Mm. Um, I, mean, every, I mean, apparently everyone was seeing it, yeah. Yeah, so, so clearly not ideal, not ideal. Um, game four will be tonight in Philadelphia as the Astros, you know, like they got to win one of these three. They got to get the series back to Houston, right? Like it's, they don't, Again, for me, it would be quite disappointing if they don't win in six because I bet on it. But that's not really all that important to them. They have to win it, win in, win through earthquakes and uh, the, right, the, right, the because yeah, the Philly fans are so loud that they're uh, it's it's like the Marshawn Lynch thing from a few years ago. Um, they just have to figure out a way to win a game in Philadelphia. Like they got to win one, and it's okay if it's Game Five, right? The Padres nearly won Game Five in Philadelphia and got that series back to San Diego. The, inherently, it's why two three two is unfair. Right, like I've never like two. It should be two, two, one, one, one. Right, like I don't like the idea of a team that that didn't earn home field advantage, only needing to win one game and then having a chance to win to to just stockpile momentum and win the series. Unfair is the wrong way of saying it. Right, like that's not it's not unfair. I just I've always kind of felt like in a two, three, two, there's a slight advantage to being the three versus being the two. Two two one one one, imminently a far more fair way of determining a series. You don't allow anyone to get the momentum of playing three straight games at home. Like there's a serious momentum turn when you're in a situation like that. But you know, I I get it. The Astros. It's what in front. It's what's in front of them. They got to win a game. Period. Plain and simple. Anyway, uh, they were talking World Series on uh, with Stan and Ross Grimsley. You can find that right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, or pressboxonline.com slash video. Uh, also tonight, Stan and Gary Stein will be joined by Sarah Ellison of uh, the, the Ravens Vault podcast. Talk some Ravens as well. And you can find that at uh, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. When we come back in, segment number one of the Tyus Bowser Show with Chuck Clark. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. 
The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, New Maryland basketball coach Kevin Willard sits down with Stan Charles and Glenn Clark to discuss the situation he inherited in College Park and how he plans to get the program turned around. Also, inside, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area. And Bo Smoka profiles Ravens receiver Devin DuVernay. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face all right just think about would you rather wednesday scenarios number one would you rather you can keep the roquan smith trade or go back not make that trade and instead pay something really pricey for dj moore Football Wizard says you can have DJ Moore instead, but it's going to cost you something like a first and a third or a second and Devin Duvernay. Mm. Yeah, just throwing out. Just I'm not. I want to make that abundantly clear. That's It's an extraordinary price, all right? So just because everybody's bitching about wide receiver, you can keep the Roquan Smith deal or go back, take it off the table, and instead pay something extreme for for DJ Moore. All right. Number two, would you rather someone gives you a lifetime? You know, it's now you're going to have to pay for your blue check marks on Twitter. Eight dollars a month. Eight dollars a month. Eight dollars a month. Oh, my. If you want to be a blue check on Twitter. Every, so, so so we'll just what? be losing check marks, right? I mean, uh, people will stop. A lot of people will choose yeah. not to pay eight dollars a month to $8 keep their blue check mark. Would you rather someone gives you a lifetime blue check mark on Twitter or like one nice shirt? Lifetime, rest of your life, your blue check mark is covered, or you get like a nice shirt. All right. <laughs> and number three, would you rather the Ravens have Gus Edwards on Monday night, but no Mark Andrews, or Mark Andrews on Monday night, but no Gus Edwards? Those are your three scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday. Get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. It's all brought to you by Glory Days Grill. 
All right. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel. You know, sports betting online is coming to the state of Maryland in the next few weeks. And Pressbox is going to be your source for the best offers and sign-up incentives. Starting right now, you can get a $100 pre-registration credit from our friends at FanDuel. By going to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, the $100 credit is in addition to the new user promo you'll get when they go live. Just go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now to get your $100 FanDuel pre-registration bonus credit, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Last night, Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Chuck Clark. Here's segment number one on Glenn Clark Radio. Huh? Uh-huh. And welcome to the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership of Pressbox, Great Eights Memorabilia, and 105.7 The Fan. We are live at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Hartford Road, where we got a loud crowd tonight. Would y'all please make some noise for Tyus Bowser? Got a nice crowd in here today. Great man. crowd tonight, right? Great crowd. Great I like crowd. this. I like this. Uh, I am Glenn Clark. She is the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. Uh, Tyus, we officially have our first ever return guest on the Tyus Bowser Show. Yes, I do. Tell me about him. This is one of my draft brothers. Uh, We came in the same time. This is probably one of the guys that I respect the most out of the team, just his work ethic, the type of person he is, and just how smart he is on the field, man. And that guy is no other than Chuck Clark. Chuck Clark, would y'all please make some noise for our special guest tonight? Chuck, thank you for coming out and doing this again, man. I really appreciate it. Definitely. I didn't know I was a repeat guest. Yeah. <laughs> That's a first. All right. First ever yeah. return visit there we to the go. show. I really thought you might never come. The last time Chuck was with us, we got a big crowd tonight. We might have had the biggest crowd we ever had last year when we were at Mothers and Timonium. Yeah. It was crazy. But it's great to be at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill tonight. Uh, the Tyus Bowser Show is brought to you by the Ginsu Kamado Grill. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill, the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Get $100 off on your pre-order by using the promo code TAILGATE. Uh, Rita, did you bring your whistle tonight? I did not, but did Tyus bring his whistle That's is the, the question. question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was sitting on my table, so unfortunately I didn't bring it this so time. there's no chance we can get a repeat performance. Oh, man. <laughs> you, might, you might see it one of these days when I'm on the field. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. We need to know the... What was the inspiration behind picking that as your Halloween costume? If anybody didn't see, he was Terry Crews. Like recently, I did. I actually did. I watched it not too long ago, and I wasn't even really thinking about it. But then I was like, I don't have a costume. I'm not really a costume type of guy. So I was trying to figure out something that's easy and simple to do. And then it just came to mind. I was like. I got some slacks. I got some dress shoes. I'm pretty built, just like them. And I just felt like all I needed was just some glow sticks. And pretty much I had to go around the entire city of Baltimore for some glow sticks. But I found some. And then uh, I was in a facility. And I grabbed a whistle. And they was like, what do you need a whistle for? I was like, don't worry about that, man. Just don't worry about it. So. It ended up working out, and I got some baby oil to kind of finish it off. Oh, too. It was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah. I feel like the, the women of Baltimore are hoping that maybe you would bring oh the baby God. oil back out tonight. No, no, we can't do that tonight. <laughs> I mean, We're going to keep it professional. <laughs> can, you, uh, can you do the make your pecs dance like Terry Crews can? 
I can, but I don't got no pecs like he does. So I mean, you no probably won't be able to see him. He's an alien. Yeah, <laughs> nah, that dude is built different. That dude he's is built ridiculously different. built. Uh, you guys were all hanging out at a stratosphere on Monday night. Yeah. Chuck, was there anybody who had a better costume than Tyus did? I got to be Lamar. Oh, he you know what I'm did that. That, that was tough. No, he did. That, was that tough. press and curl was yeah, fantastic. That was tough. Okay. No. Yeah. I was impressed. So he was Snoop Dogg's character from Baby Boy. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he like killed it. Like absolutely yeah. on point. Nailed it. Like absolutely yes. nailed it. Right. Anybody else was there? Any other contenders for best costume at the party uh, on Monday night? One one sneaky one was uh was Gino. He was uh, uh, yeah, he yeah, was baby yeah. Joker off of next Friday, <laughs> and just him and just you know, it just worked out perfectly and just he was in character. I thought it was I thought it was one of the low key okay. good ones out of the group. All right, <laughs> that's not bad. That's yeah. not bad. That's that not bad. Fun. You guys <laughs> seem to have a great night. Give me the was that Tyus your top Halloween costume of your life? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Cause like I said, I don't really, I don't really celebrate Halloween like that. And a lot of the times, we probably had a game or something was going on around this time, so I really couldn't even celebrate it anyway. But this was the one moment, and it looks like I, I did pretty well. You yeah, know. you did all right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm happy about it. I'm happy about it. I mean, Marlon might have made you like super famous. <laughs> he probably did, man. He yeah. probably did because I got a lot of, I got a lot of likes. I got a lot of people who, who like my costume. So Chuck, I don't even think I saw. What, did you? Did you wear a costume? Yeah, 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 I had a costume. So at first, I was Joker. When I took my kids out and whatnot, I was Joker at the house. And then I switched it up when when I came uh, with my wife to the stratosphere and we was a uh, poetic justice. So I was lucky. You know, and she That's was right. Yeah. You, y'all did a good uh-huh. job. Yeah. I, I like that costume. That was, uh, that was good. That was good. What's your top Halloween costume of your entire life? That, like, like he said, I feel like that was my first time really going to a part a Halloween party. Okay, like being of age, you know what I'm saying, and really celebrating it. So I think that had to be it. For real. I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah. Y'all seem to have. This is cool that y'all were able to do this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As you, as you point out, like typically with work, it's just hard to do something like this. Had y'all ever done like a team? A celebration on Halloween before? I think it wasn't Halloween, but in 19, it was like that same type of thing. We did a costume party or whatnot, but... That was, uh, the Bozemans did a yeah, thing, Yeah, right? yeah, did, I remember yeah, that yeah, I didn't get to make yeah. that one. But, yeah. So, I mean, we had that, but I mean, the last two, three years, we ain't been able to do nothing. Can't link up outside the facility <laughs> and all that, so... Yeah. That was a tough time. I mean, that's cool. It's yeah. cool that you are able to do that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how else did you spend... You, first of all, can we please thank these guys for the fact that we get to do a show after a win? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll clap to that one, too. Yo. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely clap to that one. Man, it was getting, yep. uh, man, yep. it was getting rough. I, I couldn't yes. do another one. I couldn't do another no, show no. after a loss, man. Those were tough, dude. We, <laughs> begged, we tough. begged for this, too. Remember the last show, we were like, please, can can we do the show, like, after a win this yeah, time? Definitely. So we had no, finally the, broke the that's curse. That's the real reason why we had to postpone the last one. Yes, we just couldn't do it again. Yeah, man. <laughs> it was a rough. Um, what a night that was, obviously, down in Tampa. Uh, can you guys take us through, like, what was said at halftime? First half wasn't great. What was the locker room like, Chuck, at halftime? What do you all say to each other? Because, I mean, everything was perfect, obviously, in that right. second half of football. Uh. I think it was just know that like where we had been already early in the season and just like staying locked in and knowing that we had to finish. And I mean, we we done said that a bunch of other games this year and didn't do it, but 
it's one thing to talk about it and it's one thing to actually do it. So that was the main thing. Just like, like we got to lock in and know what we got to do. Go stack these two wins that, that we did and go into a little bit of off time and yeah. go stack another one. I mean, from your lips to God's ears, obviously, <laughs> right? Yeah. It worked out okay that way. Yeah, yeah. Tyus, we had talked a lot about, like, you know, when you've been through it a couple times where it doesn't go your way yeah. and how you avoid having that seep in. Did you guys have to, like, have conversations on Thursday? Like, hey, we having this again? Like, did you... Did that have to be said, or is it just everybody knows? I feel like everybody knows. I mean, you go, what were we, like week eight? And we've had a few games where, you know, second half we wasn't able to pull out the win like we were supposed to. So people already had it in mind, but it wasn't something that was just harped on us. So people were just overthinking. It was just, you know, living in the moment. We was, uh, we was moving off of momentum coming out of the half. So we just tried to stay on it, stayed on top, and everybody did their jobs. I tried to do my job on the sideline to continue to keep the energy up, keep everybody locked in and focused. And, you know, those guys went out there and did it, and we came out, a win, came out with a win. So I'm happy with how we finished the game, especially, you know, against a guy like Tom Brady and, you know, what he's been able to do over the years. So to be able to do that as a collective group, both offense, defense, and special teams yeah. too, it was, a, it, was a great, it was a great thing. Going back to Tom Brady, obviously, this is, you know, the year that he, he unretired, right? So obviously you didn't play Tyus, but Chuck, like, what does it mean? To, like, I, I feel like Tom Brady is, what, 45 years old, but he still plays at a high level. Right. And so do you still consider that to be, like, a big deal? Like, I mean, we shut down Tom Brady, you know, on De Thursday night with, with, with a short week on top of that. No, I definitely do think it's, like, it's a big deal for sure just because of who it is, you know. I mean, if he still want to play, then that means he's still competing, you know. So, I mean, he got to prove that every time he step on the field and uh, every time he out there, he could change the game, you know. So we knew that, hey, if he started going fast, he could start turning up on us. And, you know, so he was like, all right. But, yeah, it's a big deal. You go out there and shut down Tom Brady. Like I said, if he come out there, that means he competing. He's just like everybody else. Yo, I mean, I was feeling that all week. Like, this dude's still Tom Brady. Like, yeah. This is still Tom Brady. I mean, it's Brady still a team Tom. that's struggling, though. So, you know what I mean? Do, it's like, but at the end of the day, do you still say, I don't care about their record? At the yeah, end of the day, it's still Tom Brady. You yeah. know what I mean? And Mike Evans. You oh, know? yeah. That's him, too, by the way. Yeah. Everybody over there getting paid, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. like, I mean, they record might say they losing, but, I mean, they got guys, they paying big money. So, it's, no doubt. they good over yeah. there, too. It is the Tyus Bowser Show. We are live at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill Press Box in 105.7. The fan Chuck Clark is with us. Um, how about, you know, Rita went all the way down to Tampa for the game. And I know <laughs> there were a few other Ravens fans that made the trip. Yeah. John was talking about it afterwards. How much did you guys notice the, the presence of so many Ravens fans down in Tampa on Thursday night? Dude, honestly, I would say off the bat from the national anthem, you know, around that time where we all do our thing, and it was just like loud, and I had to turn around. I was like, "Yo, it's a lot of us here. Like, we're actually deep in Tampa." So that was like the first part of it, and then towards the end, when it was kind of closing out, you could start hearing the chants from the Ravens, and you could tell, you know, how many people really came out to come and support us. So that was awesome to see, man. Honestly. Do you guys like that when, when the, there's away games and you have, there's a, a big contingent of Ravens fans? Like, does it make you – is it fire you up just a little bit? Oh, that, absolutely. That it's a big, you know, back and – Absolutely. And I feel like 
you know, each and every game, especially away games, I always pay attention to the national anthem right. and see, because that lets me know how many people is there to support it, you know. And mm-hmm. each and every time that I'm at a away game, you you hear us. You yeah. definitely hear us. So that makes a big difference for me, and that helps me mentally to go out there and play for the people out here that, that's supporting us. Chuck, do you ever find yourself, like, mouthing the O during the anthem with everybody? Do you? I, was, I, I will, but I don't say it out loud. I just like, all right, I feel it. You just, I just want to hear what they're going to say, and I feel it. I'm like, all right, bet. We locked in. We're here. Everybody what, here. What was your reaction, like, the first time you heard it? Because clearly you're not from here. You're from yeah, Philly. Yeah. Like, when you first heard it, you're like, yo, what the? So the first time I heard it, I mean, it did surprise me. I'm like, oh, I didn't know they did. I thought it was a one-time thing. But then we started having more home games and road games. And they were still, I'm like, okay, so this is a tradition. This is a thing that we do. But the first time I heard it, it kind of surprised me. Looking around, you know? <laughs> was, somebody, was there an organization or something that I didn't know? <laughs> like, what yeah. are these people doing? That is and, what's, and what's crazy is, too, like the few games that I've been to that didn't have – us involved in it, you'll hear it in stadiums as well. Like I've been to, I've been to Philly games. I've been to the Washington game a couple weeks ago, and I heard O's, and I'm like, wow. Like, regardless of what stadium we at or where I'm at, you're gonna hear that. So that just lets you know there. Like, it's cool. That's yeah, really it's dope. cool, man. It's dope. Uh, can we please welcome Mr. Tyus Bowser back to the 53 man roster of the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, 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 yeah. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. I know it's all part of the process. I don't know you've been working your way back, but yeah. like it's it's a step in the process. I Definitely. gotta imagine it feels pretty good. No, it feels good, man. It feels good. I mean, you got what nine, ten months of just hard work and just a lot of praying, a lot of dedication to my craft, and just honing in to whatever I got to do to get myself back on the field. And that time has finally come, and just to see you know and talk to coaches is like, hey. You know, you ready? How you feeling? It's like, man, I'm I'm feeling good. And just to hear that announcement, man, it just lets me know all the hard work that I've done, um, just all the sacrifices I made to put myself back in this position, man. It was all worth it. If you thought Rita was loud in Tampa last week <laughs> on Monday night, she's going down to New Orleans too. Yeah, yeah, I'm you, done after this though. I no more. Like, I feel like you have to go to New Orleans. I don't know why. You, I feel like, like that's, that's the trip everybody yeah. has to go to. Now Tampa, you know, it, it was a bucket list for me because I have never been to that stadium before, right? Yeah. But but I've been to New Orleans, but it's you know, and, and it's going to be so many Ravens fans down there. Yeah. I can't I can't miss the opportunity to like be with my people. You and know it's what Monday I'm saying? night too, so yeah, I already know it's going to be packed. Absolutely. So it'll be a good time. And so we will be there saying oh for (laughs) Tyus and his return on the active roster. That's a bit. That's That's a bit. Man, I don't want to talk about it. I was supposed to go. All right. (laughs) Don't talk about it, friend. Uh, The other guy, just for a second, if I couldn't, I want to ask both of you about him. Because we know what we're getting with you. You know, like you've been doing this for a minute. But David Ajabo got activated today as well, and yeah. we've never seen him play at the NFL level. Yeah. What, what, what should we be expecting, and like, what have you learned about David as you know, you've been working your way back alongside him? I just feel like through these past few months of just being around him, uh, I could just tell the type of guy he is, very humble, very hardworking. He's very locked into who he wants to be, and just learning from us vets, learning from, you know, Justin Houston and a lot of other guys just to try to grasp all this information, all this energy, everything that goes into this organization and what it means to be a Raven football player. And he has embraced that. And I just feel like he's at that place now where he's ready to go out there and prove himself, especially 
after you know what happened with him he he has a big chip on the shoulder to come out here and show the world who he is it's cool man check for you knowing you're about to have Tybo Ajabo other guys that aren't named Bo you know like <laughs> <laughs> but you've seen like Justin Houston holy hell yeah. man like he stuff. man he's been a man possessed he reckoned it right how now how exciting is it to think about like how incredibly deep this group is about to be in front of you nah it's exciting especially for a DV cause you're like alright they get into the quarterback. He's going to have to get rid of it quick, you know. But then, I mean, even if not, we make him hold the ball. They got a sack. We off the field, a force fumble or something. So yep. it's going to be really exciting when we get everybody out there going. And it's going to happen at the right time in the season for us. We get starting to get later in the season. And we get new bodies out there. It's going to be perfect for us. Yeah, have you tried, like, taking credit for Justin? Like, ever since he came on the show, <laughs> I mean, he's been, like, I know this is Justin Houston we're talking about. Like, he's one yeah. of the most accomplished pass rushers in NFL history. Yeah. But, like, somehow it seems like he's been even better nah. since he came out and hung out with us. Yes. Yeah, I just feel like I feel like he has so much to prove. He still feels like he has to prove himself. Even with being a 100-sack man, that's just his mentality is to go out there and dominate any chance he gets. And people feel like he's washed or he's too old or he's just a pass rusher when – in his mind, he's a three-down guy. He's going to handle the run. He's going to handle the pass. And he's going to do whatever he can to help his team win. And that's what I respect the most about him because you get around different types of guys and, you know, they all have specific roles or specific goals in mind, whether that's just, you know, getting to the pass or just want to be a dropper or a third-down guy. But you got a guy who wants to be on the field during the run game, during the pass game, and getting to the quarterback. And that's where I feel like is the true football player, the true outside linebacker to be able to do both. So When um, Justin, obviously he was a part of a, a record. And did you were you guys that's aware right. that um, he made Tom Brady the most sacked quarterback? Yeah. Were you guys aware during the game? Nah. You didn't know until before. after? Yeah. Okay. I knew it before because okay. I, I seen it on Instagram where he said, the Ravens could make him the most sack ah. with like two sacks, and then he ended up getting it back to back. So I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> he ended up doing it himself. He really wanted that rep. He really wanted. He really it. wanted to be he the really guy. Wanted right. it. He so did. you, did, you didn't know. That's a D line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. DN stat to know. You know, if it would have been a pick or something, we probably would have knew that. Yeah. You know? But, uh-huh. yeah, but in high, it could have been your shot at history. Somebody should have let you know, yeah, man. Like, or or Chuck, know. you could have been called for the blitz. It could have yeah, been you. Know. Yeah, right. You could have freelanced. I only got one that night, so it must have been something in the mix. You know? We're going to get to the DNs. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, uh, Maryland Vascular Specialist brings us the Tyus Bowser Show. Their team of surgeons is Maryland's leaders in ethical arterial procedures. When we come back in, uh, speaking of Justin Houston, there's a new Georgia guy who is uh, coming to the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to talk to you about uh, some reinforcements that have been added that can make you guys even better. That's on the way. We are live at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. It is the Tyus Bowser Show. We will not be, uh, obviously. We'll get to segment number two tomorrow uh, of the Tyus Bowser Show. We will get you that. And, again, the entire show is available in the archives at glennclarkradio.com right now. And you can hear it Friday night on 105.7 The Fan. But we will bring you segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show with Chuck Clark tomorrow. If you're saying to yourself, man, that seems like a lot of fun. I, I can't believe I missed that. And once again, Tyus... Stuck around for hours. I mean, like, he was there damn near till 9 o'clock. There was such a crowd at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. So many great people who came and said hello. I, a few of 
I, I was blown away. A bunch of you were asking for pictures with Rita and I, and that was a little overwhelming. Like, Rita, I get. Again, she's a star. Me, I'm like, I, this is stupid. What are you doing? Um, it was very kind. We were blown away by the um, the crowd last night. But if you're saying to yourself, boy, that sounds like a lot of fun. I, I should really be at one of these. Yeah, you should. Tuesday, November 15th, we'll be at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. Uh, we had a great crowd there last year. That's where Chuck was last year, in fact, when we did the Tyus Bowser show. Looking forward to being back. Um, I would encourage you to get there early. Like That is that is a hotbed uh, at Mother's North Grill in Timonium, so please get there early. Um, I think John and Little Rock might come out, which is awesome. I'd love to see John. That'd be great. Um, looking forward to that. Again, you can find out more at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The Tyus Bowser shows a partnership with PressBox. And Great Eights Memorabilia brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill and Maryland Vascular Specialist. Drew Forrester, Would You Rather Wednesday. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover new maryland basketball coach kevin willard sits down with stan charles and glenn clark to discuss the situation he inherited in college park and how he plans to get the program turned around also inside we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area and bo smoka profiles ravens receiver devin duvernay press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all over offseason discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career 
here for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. Some uh, pretty significant sports news uh, outside of the area this morning. Uh, The Washington Commanders announced that uh, Dan Snyder and his wife have hired Bank of America Securities to consider potential transactions, which is another way for saying to consider exploring selling the team. And I've talked about this a lot over the years. Look, I you know I don't I don't have any love for uh, that franchise or for the fan base or anything like that. But and, and, and there have been times where I've said, hey, as long as Dan Snyder is the owner, that's good news because it's one less team that the Ravens have to worry about competing with during the course of a year. You're trying to win a, win a race of 31 teams instead of 32. But ultimately, Dan Snyder has no business being involved in the NFL. And ultimately, whatever it took to push to this moment, whether it was the owners making it very clear to him, we're going to vote you out, sell the team, save whatever face you can save, whatever it took to get to this point, this is necessary. Dan Snyder is, it's not just that he's, it'd be one thing if he was just a bad owner, right? Like, bad owners can be bad owners, but the stories of what was going on in that organization made it abundantly clear that Dan Snyder has no business being involved as the owner of a football team. Now, that league's got a lot of other problems, and I'm not trying to suggest that, you know, they have some moral high ground, but there's no defense of Dan Snyder that says he should be allowed to be the owner of a football franchise, considering the many things that were happening under his watch in that organization, which were honestly criminal like the the story of them secretly filming the cheerleaders that alone you should be in jail so the smallest thing is that obviously he shouldn't be allowed to be the owner of a football franchise so apparently they are taking the first steps towards that uh down in dc Joining us now, this man, I, Lord knows what this is going to sound like on Sunday. He is returning to hosting a sports radio show. Not a, not a golf show, a sports radio show by himself for two and a half hours on 105.7 The Fan. I have no idea what this is going to sound like. He is our friend Drew Forrester from DrewsMorningDish.com. I mean, honest to God, have you prepared anything for this on Sunday? Um... No. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I figured. No. What? What are? No, but what are you going to Wednesday. do? I, right. Today is Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. Oh, I know. I don't I, go on the air till Sunday. That's a great point. And based on your tracker, what are you doing? You're doing five to seven thirty. Uh, you'll no, start. I think pro- I'm doing three to. No, I got changed. Oh, you got changed. I changed it so I could go to the soccer game. What's, I'm doing twelve to three. Oh, you, oh my God! You're doing twelve. They're getting three hours. Yeah, I'm doing twelve to Drew. three. And then we're going to the soccer game. Drew. You, I know. Come on, man. What's the difference between two and a half and three? I don't know. I mean, dead air is dead air. That's a great point. <laughs> That's right. a great point. Well, if I know your track record with preparing for a show, that means you'll start preparing somewhere around, what, 1146 on uh, on Sunday? No, earlier than that. Ten. Okay. <laughs> Ten o'clock. Yeah. It'll be fun. Uh, I'm excited. I'm waiting to find out who the soccer finalists are so I can at least have both of those coaches on. Okay, so that's what you're doing. 
That that's what you're, well, you're, you're going to do. That's a pretty big deal on Sunday. I mean, I will say as a local <laughs> story, that's a big I, deal. Look, man, I I I I like that in a in a lot of places. You know they're playing football on Sunday, right? Like you're not till one o'clock. Oh, that's a great point. The game, you're you're right. The game's <laughs> I gotta start. get through. I gotta get through twelve to one first. God. All right. Um. Did you watch? Did you watch the video? The actual video of the when you responded to me this morning? Did had you watched the video of the city poly thing? Oh, the what? Of the city poly thing. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I've seen it. So, yeah. So you, terrible. What what terrible. part of it is terrible to you? Well, the whole thing. I mean, you can't have um, you can't have the coaches there in the middle of the field fighting. I mean, I, it's just I, an awful, I, awful. I agree with look, you. and it creates incredible tension between those kids who otherwise, you know, I, I think had otherwise competed fairly. Um, it sends a terrible message to those kids. It's. It, you know, it's just a, it was an awful scene so, for sure. So why are you okay with punishing the kids for the actions of the coaches? Um, because I think it's a the, the coaches represent the program, and the programs can't the, the programs can't be um, and and whatever word you want to use here rewarded, whatever you want to say. The, the the programs can't continue to play based on the actions of their coaches. Their coaches are the programs. And I do understand the whole moral dilemma about why you're punishing the kids. You're you're punishing the program that's led by the coaches. Right. But, and I don't know what else they're doing with the coaches. I haven't heard. Well, yeah, that's, and I don't know what else is going to happen to the coaches. There are, there are people that were involved with that that have no business having anything to do with kids ever again in the future. Like I, The, right. the strongest punishments that you could possibly imagine. But I... I, I keep coming back to this. The, I might even feel differently about it if they these were all like adults, right? Like the, the, these are these are kids. Like you're responsible for them, and to I, I I can't. I don't know how we can be okay with punishing them. And if the answer is well, who's going to coach the teams? I mean, like you you can find no, somebody who can, not, can I don't stand. Think in, that's the answer. I think that the the programs the programs deserve punishment. And the coaches lead the programs. But why, why? And, you know, we can disagree. We can you and I can disagree I, 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 on that. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm changing, and you're not going to change. Right? No, but I'm confused when you say why when the, the programs deserve the punishment. Like, what is what is the the recourse for a kid that's involved in this situation? Like, what? Not none at all. So how? Like, how can that be okay? <laughs> no, re, no recourse. How can that? I didn't say it was okay. I didn't say it was okay. I just said that the programs deserve punishment. And the coaches run the programs, and their programs can't continue based on their behavior. The coaches have a the coaches have a responsibility. I, I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility at Calvert Hall to conduct myself in the in the you know the the most I, acceptable fashion. Well, and if I fall short of oh that, boy. no, I mean that's oh the boy. truth. If I fall short of that, my program. It, it, my program pays the price for that. So let me. Why would it be wrong for them to say the coaches? The coaches won't be involved. We will bring back a handful of former players and have them run the program for the rest of the season until we fix this, so that we avoid punishing the kids for something they didn't do. 
um, why would that be wrong? Yeah. I, it, maybe it wouldn't be, but I don't see any, to me, I don't see anything. I also don't see anything wrong with saying these two programs can't, can, can't play based on the behavior so of their you, coaches. Right. So you don't think it's wrong to punish the kids for something they don't, they didn't do. If that's the way you want to put it. Sure. Right, but that's what you're doing, right? <laughs> like, right. I mean, yeah, like, right. That's, that's what you're yeah, doing. Yeah. Is yeah. You don't well, and, but again, they, the, the program deserves to be punished, and I'll just continue to say that. It's a very, That's all. It's a very. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm kind of blown away by that, right? Like, I'm. Like, okay. What would you? What would you it's say? Not that, the first time you and I have disagreed on something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not surprised that we're gonna disagree. I'm wondering what you would say. Like, I'm wondering what you would say if, if to your kids, if and I'm not. You know, I'm not trying to cast aspersions towards you in any way. But if like something. I, whatever you know you happen to have one too many glasses of wine and you got arrested and they said well sorry your team can't play now what would you say to your kids in that moment that i that i would say to them what the obvious answer is that i had a um i i had the reputation of the school in in my hands and i tarnished that and if and i'm sorry i'm sorry to you that i did that I mean, what else would I say? Yeah, you, mean, you know, I, I, I would mean, probably say it's not it, fair it's to you. Tough. Like, it's not fair. It's tough. Correct. It's like, not that's fair. what I would start it's with. Tough. It's not but fair. That, but I was given that I was given the duty and the role to uphold the um, to uphold the programs, you know, in the, in the highest way I could. That's what I would say. And I failed you. And I know. It's tough. I I I think it goes beyond tough. Like I think coaches, you, I think you coach, know the it's coaches not matter. Tough. I, I agree that the coaches matter. They shouldn't be allowed to coach. Like, right. plain and simple. You should never be able to have anything to do with not only coaching at, at these schools, but coaching anywhere. Anywhere at all. Who won the game, by the way? I don't even know. It's a, you know, it's so funny. I two, two hours ago, I knew the answer to that question. I've already forgotten it. <laughs> so funny you say that. I don't even know. Two, right, we've, we've glossed two over. Hour, two hours ago, I knew we've the answer We've glossed over the, the winning team. I know. City, city, city won. <laughs> city yeah, it's won. a terrible story. I agree that it's a terrible story. I think it's being. I think that there. You know what's really disappointing me, Drew? I think you. I. What what we just did. I think we as adults are smart enough to be able to figure it out, and that's the part that's disappointing to me. To just come back to, well, you know, but the the program or whatever. Like we're 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 intelligent people. We know there's a way to go about doing this where you're not punishing kids who did nothing wrong. Like we know that. We know there's a way that it can be figured out, and. I it's more disappointing. Like it, this starts by it being adults that are letting kids down. It's doubled down by more adults who are letting more kids down in the process. And that, to me, like as far as cardinal sins go, for adults to constantly be letting kids down, it's there's very few things to me that are worse than that. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point, also, for sure. You want to it's talk, a terrible story. You gonna talk about it on one oh five seven the fan on Sunday? Um I don't know. Yeah, I haven't started thinking about yeah, that yet. I know. You haven't started thinking about anything. <laughs> yeah. You haven't started thinking about anything at all. Maybe, I haven't got that far. Maybe you should talk about whether the Ravens should fire Greg Roman because that seems like a oh, popular maybe you should do that. It, I, I that is all you gotta do. It's all you gotta say. I swear Greg Roman. I I and hey, I, 1057 the fan, yeah. Greg Roman. Yep. Correct, and then you could just you could actually you could do what you used to do when Bob would call, and you could just walk out. You could just right. walk out of the studio. Oh, you were there to run the board back yeah, in those correct. days. Yeah, I was there to handle things. 
Um, I swear to God, I, I, like somebody told me I should tune in on Monday morning, and I, I like Rob. I like Ed. I swear to God, they were doing that for 30 minutes on Monday morning. I know. Just letting people call in and say, fire great. By the way, the Ravens have the number five scoring offense in the NFL and the number two. And the team that just won. Correct. And they just Last Friday morning. They just won the night before. Last Friday morning, people were calling in complaining about about the, the way they won. 30 minutes. 30 just minutes. just in fire, Tampa. Right. Fire Greg Roman when they have the number right. f- the number five scoring offense in the league. The number we'll fire John five Arbol. scoring offense in the league. The number two right. DVOA offense in the league. Right. Um, no what did you think of what they did this week? Loved it. Thought it was a great move. I think Roquan Smith's, you know, they there were some things they needed. So when I say he's exactly what they needed, like, that's not all they needed, but it was the best they could get or best they could do. I think it's an awesome get for them. Couldn't care less about what they had to give up to get him. I think it's awesome. And, you know, if they re-sign him uh, or, or sign him, whatever way you want to put it, then it would then it would really be great. But even if they don't, and he just winds up adding what they needed and it pays dividends for them in January and or February – it's worth all the price that they paid. Um, they didn't get a wide receiver. I, I look, and we were talking in the car, and we're driving down to Piners, and I just said this to the guys we were with. Like, I, I think they realize they're not beating anybody with their offense in January. They're just not. There's not. They couldn't add six players. They couldn't add four, and they couldn't add one that would have made an incredibly dramatic difference. But they could beat these teams. They could beat Kansas City 23-20. to 20. If their chakras all line up right the same day and they play defense the way they're capable, and I know they, they haven't been great defensively. They've been better recently. They haven't been great. But I think the only way you're going to beat those two teams is to beat them 23-20. to 20. You're not beating them 37-33 to 33 with this offense, in my opinion. It's an, I mean, it's it's an interesting argument. I mean, obviously, I think the the point that you would say is they're not. They hopefully what they've learned is that they shouldn't be trying to play those games. Like I, I'm, I'm not, I want to make it abundantly clear. I don't think they should fire Greg Roman. But there is something to be said for what in the f were you doing in the first half of that game, calling 34 no pass plays? Like what in the right. world to, for them to try to hide behind? Well, that was our strategy the whole time was to try to wear them down. Well, what if you had fallen behind by three touchdowns in the process? Like right. the absurdity no, of, of I, that. I get it. I just think this this move, and and then of course the other two, you know, that are coming back, and we don't know about Ajabo because we've never seen him play. Right. But we know about the other guy. Right. Um, we this move to me, I think was an admission by them, and and I'm not being critical. I'm thinking it was an admission by them that if we're going to beat either one of those teams in January, we're not beating them forty to thirty seven. We're going to beat them twenty-three to twenty-one or twenty-four to twenty, and and we'll beat them because on that given day we match up well with them offensive, you know, offense to defense. Man, that's what I think. I, like, I don't think they, they would say that publicly, right. but I I think that's what they're saying. I, I, it's funny because I was talking about this at the beginning of today's show. I'm not going to waver on how I feel about Roquan Smith. I think it's a great move. I think it it, it works on every level. I think you're getting a game wrecker football player. That either you're going to figure out a way to keep around, or worst case scenario, you swapped a, you lost a fifth round pick, and you move back from the second to the third, um, and and you got a half a year out of Roquan Smith. Like I think all of that math works. I'm I can be on board with every layer of that, and I can't even say I'm either surprised or disappointed by wide receiver one because I, 
I, I didn't think the deal was there to be made, unfortunately, at a legitimate price, and I didn't expect the Ravens to go get a wide receiver, and I don't think that they were a, you know, a, 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 a scrap heap right. wide receiver away from being competitive. But it's still, like, the conflict is still, but at some point you got to throw the ball. Like, I, 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 I understand sure. everything you're saying, but at some point you're going to have to throw the ball, and their continued failures at this position – I can't sit here and tell you, but there isn't a world where we get to the end of the year and we say, maybe they should have just gone ahead and given up a first round pick and a third round pick. That like that when we that whenever the season ends, that the answer might not be because they needed to be able to throw the ball and they didn't have reliable guys to throw the football to. Well, you know, likely Oh don't is, don't is is likely God. to make them more likely to win. Damn it. You do you do not. That's on me. That's on me. That's on me. I, I should have. <laughs> well, we're getting close to the pioneer, so I'm getting punch drunk. We've been in the car for five oh, hours. Oh God! But, you oh, know. God. But, gonna, but yeah, you know, you you heard about you heard about likely, right? Wait, do you, you, know? do you guys? Thank you, thank you. Do, do you play number two when you go down there? Or is yep, that... we're playing tomorrow. Playing Wait, tomorrow. What do you shoot on number two? Like 170? I don't know. I'm going to find out tomorrow. I'll let you know. Have you never played? I better you, not shoot 100. Have you I better ne- not shoot 100. Have you never? Have you, yeah, you, we've you, played it. Have you, I've played it before. You've played it before? What did you shoot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't honestly don't remember. Stop. But what did, what did you shoot? Several times. What did you shoot? I don't remember. I honestly don't Stop remember. Stop it. But I've... Yeah, you're, you, you don't do that. You might not golf. remember the exact number, but you remember how you played. Um. Well... So I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Is it, We're playing is, it, is it as is it set up as? It's diffi- really hard. Okay, is it as difficult as the setup for a like? Are the greens as difficult? No, as they are for no, the no. Okay, that's a no. Right, not at all. If you but played it's it really hard, if you played the course that Payne Stewart won the U.S. Open on, what would you shoot? Any anyone who shot anything that started with a seventy would be great. Uh, a seven would be would be a great round. Well, I mean, it would be a historic round if you shot. It's really, like really hard. I'll tell you next week when I shot when I shoot tomorrow. Right, let me know. But it's really hard. Let me know. Let's play. Would you rather win? It's a great golf course. Um, I mean, it's it feels like hell to me. Golf feels like yeah, hell. It's, so playing there feels like even more. Hell. It's phenomenal. Uh, Six ninety nine appetizers every night after nine o'clock at Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. That includes the smoky thigh wings. They are delicious every night after nine o'clock. Six ninety nine appetizers at your neighborhood at Glory Days Grill. Uh, would you rather? I'm imagining. I know the answer. Would you rather? Number one, the Ravens made the deal that they made for Roquan Smith, or they can go back in time and they can pay something really significant for DJ Moore, like a first and a third, or maybe a second and Devin Duvernay. Mm, I'll take some, I'll take the linebacker. Would you rather? Uh, you know, now uh, I'm, uh, it's going to cost you eight dollars a month if you want to be uh, validated or verified on Twitter. Would you rather someone gifts okay. you? They gift you a lifetime blue check mark. You're taken okay. care of. You're verified for the rest of your life on Twitter, or you get like one fairly nice shirt shirt like a golf shirt like a and, really and nice Peter Millar any, golf shirt no 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 not just any old shirt just any old half decent I can wear this polo shirt to work shirt I'll give me the shirt I, I mean what am I going right? to do with the blue check mark well, I mean, it would mean you're verified on Twitter. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, number three, would you rather the Ravens have Gus Edwards on Monday night but not Mark Andrews, or they have Andrews but not Gus? Uh, I'll take Andrews. Okay. Why? Um, more valuable to the quarterback. Okay. 
All right. Well, you didn't want a wide receiver, though. It's a don't fair... need one. We got Andrews and Likely. Right. Fair. Go ahead. Do it again. Do what? it. Do it again. <laughs> Go ahead. Why not? Go ahead. What, the... what, what else do you got? It's like David Letterman's greatest hits, right? Uh, how many hours of this can you do on Sunday afternoon? <laughs> Bring me oh. all of your Isaiah Likely puns God. from one to from one to one thirty. One, yeah, correct. <laughs> uh, Twelve to three on one hundred five seven. The fan on Sunday. I, I, I got a feeling you might even make an appearance. By the way, oh boy, I don't know where I'm going to be. Via, I, was, I was supposed to go away via the weekend. phone. All right, yeah, right. boy, you really are scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> God, I didn't know it got worse than that. Uh, you can tune in to hear him from 12 to 3. Please listen and call. And, and he needs I, it. Look, I, by the way, I, let me pull the curtain back. Yeah. I have prepared. What did you prepare? And, and it, Listen, and it's going to be a doozy. Oh, I bet it is. Drewsmorningdish.com at It's a Hooded Forum. I promise you. It'll be worth listening to. All right. Hit him him straight. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, pal. All right. See you later. Drew Forrester. Drewsmorningdish.com joining us here on GCR. Um, I did have somebody reach out um, who said, as far as the City Poly thing uh, goes, uh, this is secondhand, so a friend of a friend, um, says, you could say the kids did start the fight. That's when City won, they went over to Polly's sideline and got in their face. Then you see the coaches jumping in. So, and I followed up on this. I was like, okay, but you're saying they started the fight, but did they start fighting? <laughs> like, getting in somebody's face or, or running your mouth or whatever, like that. You could say you don't want kids to do that, but that doesn't justify rising to a fight. Like, you could say. And maybe you know, there's a rule against this. We're going to suspend the kids that did that for a quarter or something like that. I don't, I don't know how you handle it. Um, but I, I followed up and I, I asked. I said, um, you know, were the kids actually fighting or just running their mouths and gloating? And I was told running their mouths and gloating. Then um, there was a little bit of pushing and shoving, but no punches until the coaches got involved. Um, it, it became worse because apparently, then this is, again, stuff you don't see in the video that was shared by Channel 2. It spilled into the crowd, and there were people fighting in the stands. So when we say it's a brawl, like that word has been used a lot, then you can see, hey, it, I guess it did indeed become a brawl, right? Like if if there was fighting in the stands, but that that's not the kids. My, my point's going to remain the same. Um... Gloating, being a bad sport, shouldn't get a team kicked out of the playoffs. I have no problem with saying there, there's a punishment for that. We don't want athletes doing that. And whatever the appropriate punishment is, you, you figure out which kids were doing that and you dole it out to them, right? Like, if players really were, if city players if there were 20 of them who ran over to the opposite sideline and started yakking, then say those 20 kids are suspended for the first quarter of the next game. Whatever it is that you want to say. Whatever you you know find the appropriate punishment to be, the 20 kids that did that are suspended for a quarter. The 20 kids that did that have to do whatever, you know, any other kid. Because, I, by the way, this is football. I, I see that sometimes. I was at a high school game on Friday night. There's some yakking going on. Anybody that was doing that, 
they serve a penalty, whether it's on the field, off the field, whatever the appropriate penalty for that is. Yeah, I mean, that seems like probably the most reasonable way to go about it. I mean, I saw the the one one of the videos I saw was a kid on Polly who was laying on the ground after the game was over, clearly yeah. upset, and, and another kid came, came over, over and they hugged it, it out. It was wonderful. And, yeah. and there's, of yeah. course, going to be relationships mm-hmm. between those players. That's that's it's a lovely... Just, yeah, so it's terrible for, you know, it's terrible for those kids. Uh, the, that, the answer yeah. to me is never okay to be the actions of adults hurt kids. If you go back and look at that video and find out there was a kid in there throwing punches, then absolutely suspend them. Say they don't get to participate. Say that's the rule. You throw punches, you're gone. I didn't see more than maybe like a kid who was actually throwing punches in the video that I saw. I saw a video of you know everybody coming together after a game and there being a little jostling, right? Particularly as you're trying to separate the adults that were fighting. Suspending or, or ending kids' seasons because of that instead of saying, hey, how do we fix this? How do we step in? If we penalize the coaches, can we find other adults who would be capable of stepping into those roles, who would be willing to help for a week or two to allow these kids to keep playing football who did nothing wrong. If we penalize the coaches, if we say, you guys are out, then who is it that we could find? And I get it. That's daunting. There's a lot going on in the city. There's a lot going on in city schools. That's a lot to ask to spend time trying to find replacement coaches on top of everything else. But before I end the kid's season, I will have exhausted every effort to try to see if that's a possibility. And that's what's disappointing to me about this. A lot of things are disappointing about it, but that's among the things that are disappointing about it. All right. um, Quickly, your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday, number one? Uh, What was number one was the the trade? uh, trade. I really, I mean, I really think, I feel like this team's a receiver away. And so, you know, since I think that, I I think I'd rather go back and get DJ Moore and rather keep Devin Duvernay, so go with the, what, one and three? But, yeah, saying give a one and three for DJ Moore yeah. instead of... Yeah. And by the way, I still don't even know if that would have gotten the job. That's, that's yeah, the crazy exactly. part about it. Like, yeah. I still don't even know if that would have done it. Overwhelmingly, everybody's saying Roquan, and I get it. Part of that might be a burden hand situation. Like, well, we already made that trade, so I'm comfortable with it. Um it's tough for me. It really is tough for me because I really like both players. I really like both players. I think DJ Moore is a is a, a solve for now and for long term, and I might be inclined to to line, lean that way. But it's tough. Like I'm I'm like fifty one forty nine, so my answer probably would be make the bold trade for DJ Moore. But overwhelmingly, we're getting back Roquan being the answer. Uh, number two, you get verified for the rest of your life, and you're a young man. I know. So that's. Like if we did the a cost, lot of credibility for me. Like, hang on a second. We, we multiply twelve times by eight. Uh, what are we talking about? That's like 50, 72? 60, 70, no, no, it's seventy. It's eighty-four dollars, right? I'm horrible at math. Right, I did that right, right? Yeah. Twelve times five is sixty. So add another. Twelve times thirty-six. Yeah, 96. Boy, what are we? What is wrong with us? <laughs> God, simple math. Okay, so 96 and what I got maybe 
I got maybe a good thirty years left in me. Yeah, I mean, think about that. That's an that's a that's value, right? Like, there's a lot of value involved. In okay, so that. if I live for another fifty years, that would be forty eight hundred dollars. Yeah, and I'd be verified for all those. Years. Yeah, that's quite the value versus one shirt. So, are the people that are already verified? Do they get grandfathered in? Nope. Or? No, they don't. Nope. Okay, so then, I, okay, I feel like so I feel like Checkmark's gonna lose any value that it you kind like the all the credibility that it has now. I guess we'll kind of lose. So I'll take a nice shirt. Take a nice shirt. Yeah, I I, nice I obviously shirt. will take the nice shirt. I've never cared about that verification <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Even like people ask me that all the time, like why haven't you gotten verified? I'm like, because I don't give a rat's ass. Like yeah. I mean, I used to kind of think it meant something too. And I, then, I, the problem is it should have meant something. Right. It, it's th- this is the real issue with it, right? It should have been something that should have been so that you know legitimately that this person is really this person and not one of these other people that are fakes. And with all due respect to the weather person at the TV station in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, you don't need to be verified. It wasn't that important. You wanted it for status. That's what it was. It became a status thing. Are you verified or not? Now, it also became, we got dumber as a society, and we thought that someone mattered because they had a blue check mark next to their name. Like A lot of bad things occurred in this process. Blue check marks should have been for Shaquille O'Neal. Should have been for people that are legitimately, there's... Because people are trying to make fake Shaq counts. The so, point yeah. is, yeah. there should have been a way to say, now you could say, look, I've had a, there have been fake Glenn Clark accounts. But not enough that it was ever something that, like, was a real problem. That, that you wouldn't be able to figure out pretty quickly which one was actually our show versus, or me versus, you know, the, the people that were making fake accounts. Um, that's what the blue check should have been for. Not for any old, and, and no offense, but for any old influencer on the internet or any old, you know, writer or whatever. We, we screwed it up. So... Elon Musk isn't smart for figuring this out, but what he's going to do is accomplish what should have happened a long time ago, which is this country needed to realize that a blue check mark did not make someone an expert about something. And this is going to force that. Because, to your point, it's not going to mean anything. There will no longer be any value to seeing a blue check mark next to somebody's name. It's just a person. That's it. That's all it is. So he's accidentally going to get something right here. I mean, he's an idiot. Like, he's, this is this is dreadful. It should just be do away with blue check marks, right? Like, like that's the way that you solve this. Um, but he's accidentally going to figure out what should have happened a long time ago, which is we the blue check society really screwed us up quite a bit because we started to think that literally some dude could just become blue check by knowing the right person that knew somebody involved in the verification process. I know that. No offense. I, I got friends that are blue checks, and I love you, but you don't... I, I, I'll give you an example. I, my, and I'll say it because he's a close friend. Aaron Oster is a close friend of mine. He never needed to have a blue check. There was no world in which other people were pretending to be Aaron Oster. That, that didn't exist. And I don't know who Aaron knew that got him verified. I don't care. I love Aaron. He's one of my best friends. And that's the reason I'll use him and not use somebody else, because I don't... You know, I, I, I hope that he'll understand. Like, that that doesn't, I'm sorry, you're not that important. I love you. I'm not saying this to Aaron, I'm saying it to all of my friends. Like, you're not. Ray Lewis needs to have a blue check mark. Because there's a billion people that are going to try to pretend to be Ray Lewis. 
He needed it. You don't. You just don't. You wanted it for status. So, like companies, I guess keep like so, like the Ravens, like the at Ravens account. I will assume that they will be they will choose to pay the money. Right. Like okay. I'll assume that there will be companies that will choose to at Wendy's is gonna. I by the <laughs> way, we're zero for two so far. I asked both. We'll get to it in the Tyus Bowser show, but both those guys said no chance in hell. I'm paying any money to keep <laughs> a blue check mark. Not going to happen. Like what are you, are you out of your mind? No. And maybe there will be companies that will choose to keep like pay for their personnel. It's something that's brought up. It might be that some media companies choose to pay to keep their reporters verified on Twitter mm-hmm. because that's how they get a bigger audience or whatever it is. We'll see. I think that will be determined by so what like the ESPN reporters and I'm going to guess that, maybe, that ESPN yeah. will pay for Adam Schefter to keep his blue check mark. Like there will be companies that will choose to do those things. I don't know that the Baltimore Sun or the Baltimore Banner will pay for all of their reporters to keep their blue check marks. I don't know if that will be the case moving forward. If I had to guess, probably not. Um, the real question will be, is there any value to the blue check mark? What, how many random people start signing up for it? And does that completely dilute any value for the blue check mark? In which case, some of these companies might just say, yeah, we're done. Like, we're, we're, we're out. No, no longer. We'll see. And then number three, would you rather uh, Gus or Mark Andrews? Uh, I By the will... way, it's, it's almost unanimous. Everybody's taking the shirt. Like, I think I got one <laughs> one or two people that said, and we're doing the math on the value of it. Um, Caleb, blue check mark. My wife says I already have too many shirts, but honestly, I much prefer someone just give me $8 yeah. a month for the rest of my life. I would too, <laughs> but that wasn't an option. Um, the, the Saints defense, I'm not, I feel like we could get by without either of them, honestly. Um, but I think the Saints' defense, their passing defense, I think is slightly better. I, mean, I don't think their, their defense overall isn't isn't great. But yeah, I, I, defense I, is pretty good. Is they, it? Just, they just shut out the Raiders on oh, last Raiders. week. I don't know. Are I, the Raiders the, good. The Raiders shutting out anybody in the NFL is very difficult okay, to fair, do at this fair, point. Fair like, their yeah. defense is. Pretty oh yeah, well good. I saw the stat like the Browns have gone like two hundred thirty-five games or something without a shutout now. Without recording a yeah, shutout? Yeah, without, without recording a I mean, shutout. Dude, shutouts in the NFL yeah. just don't happen. The, the record is, uh, do you want to guess? Uh, 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 250. It is 500 games. It's a, like there's an active record right now. Oh. 500 games a team has gone without Without a recording a shutout? A shutout win, yeah. I don't know. Who is it? It is the Commanders. Okay. That's not that surprising. <laughs> I should have guessed that. Um. Uh, but so Mark Andrews, I I I think uh, I think you know we just saw Kenyon Drake. He went for 100, yeah. 120 yards against the Giants. I think uh, I yeah, think I'm, uh, not, I'm not willing to. say I that feel I better with Gus Edwards on the on the field, but uh, I think it's more important that one. I'm the other way. I'm Gus Edwards on this one. And uh, by the way, this one's more fifty fifty. Um. I'm I'm Gus Edwards because I want the Ravens to do what they did. Like I want I want them to be the team. The, you you built what you built, right? Like you are who you are. Just do the Greg Roman thing. Like, be that team. And a healthy Gus Edwards is so much more likely to allow you to be that team than anything else that you're going to run out at running back. So, um, But that one's a bit more 50-50 in the responses that we've got. And I'll try to go through a few of those um, for Would You Rather Wednesday. From Proctor, Gus, I think Gus, let likely play some more. Force Lamar to look around the field more. Let Andrews recover for two more weeks. From Chris, uh, I'll take Andrews and whatever running back it is that we would throw out there. From uh, Brian Gus with the second half game plan from the Tampa game. I believe Andrews missed the second half that game and the plan worked. From KZ, I would rather have Gus as they have no one else like him on the roster. Andrews needs to rest up and let likely star for another week. 
um, from Raven's Dumbass on Twitter. I don't know who this is. Let Andrews sit likely is a good enough replacement to beat the Saints. We need Andrews for December and January. Seems more Gus. It it is a little bit more Gus. Uh, uh, here's uh, from from Gino. Uh, I want Andrews playing. If one of them must play, the pass game has fewer options, and his absence will be felt more. From Greg, Greg says, I think the answer is Gus. Just given how it is the team played in the second half last week, I think he's more important. Yeah, a lot of people falling back on that. And then from Chris, Chris says, one of these guys, oh, no offense to Edwards, but one of these guys is a superstar. The other is a good football player. I'd rather have the superstar. Uh, continue to get me responses for all of them at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Would you rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Someone's winning a $25 gift card to Glory Days. Print issue of Press Box available right now. It's our college basketball preview. Kevin Willard is on the cover. Go get it right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. Introduce you to college basketball players from around the state inside as well. When we come back in, Tidbit, Tubular, and Rasan Lewis, Kentucky wide receiver, son of Ray Lewis. That's on the way. Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite Mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, 
and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 1140 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. Use the code tailgate at ginsugrills.com and you will save $100 when you order your Ginsu Kamado Grill. Again, ginsugrills.com. Use the code tailgate and you will save $100. The perfect ceramic home grill or tailgate for grilling, smoking, searing, and baking all kinds of food. The Ginsu Kamado Grill, ginsugrills.com. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Online sports betting is coming to the state of Maryland, and it's going to be here in the next couple of weeks. PressBox will be your source for the best offers and sign-up incentives. So I want to make this very clear, right? There are going to be lots of places that are going to be offering you something. We are going to compile those best offers. If you decide who it is that you're going to use to bet with for mobile betting, you can make whatever choice you want to make. Like, you think one company has the best odds, you, you whatever it is. But there's going to be, the market's going to be flooded. There's going to be a lot of companies coming in. You saw that there are a ton that were approved for mobile betting in the state of Maryland. So you're going to have choices. FanDuel is offering you a $100 pre-registration credit if you go through our link at pressboxonline.com slash offers. So... I, I've said this a couple of times. Like I haven't decided fully who it is that I'm going to bet through yet, but this is going to be the type of thing that makes my decision for me. You're giving me 100 bucks. It's going to go a long way. Going to go a long way. Uh, pressboxonline.com slash offers. Again, pressboxonline.com slash offers. The, I want to make this clear as well. That $100 credit is in addition to the new user promo that you're going to get from them when they go live. So the $100 credit is just for pre-registering, right? Like, they're doing that for you, for you pre-registering with FanDuel. When they go live, you're going to get their new user credit as well. So it's going to end up being even more than the $100. Got to go right now to pressboxonline.com slash offers in order to take advantage of it. What you got for tidbits? First of all, I need you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so on top of Lance McCullers becoming the first pitcher, uh, five home runs in a single postseason game. Uh, also coming into or going into last night, he had allowed four homers in 58 and two-thirds innings pitch on the season, in regular and postseason, uh, going into last night. And then, of course, he allowed five in about four and a, four and a third, I think. Yeah, not great. Yeah. Uh, the That was from Jeremy Franco on, uh, on Twitter, at MLB Random Stats. Good follow. I uh I recommend it. Um, right. Also, Ramon Arias becomes the third Orioles third baseman. By the way, very weird way. Like, I didn't even know they were announcing Gold Glove yeah, neither yesterday. <laughs> like, they got to do a way better job. Just got what, an update. What? I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. I started Congrats. seeing it on Twitter, and I was like, what the? Was there a show? Like, did they do something on MLB Network? Like, I, what? I guess. In the middle of the afternoon? Like, what? Yeah, what in the was... world is that? Anyway, um, congratulations, yeah, well, to well, well yeah. deserved, well, very, very much deserved. Um, so the third Orioles third baseman, you know the other two. Yes, I've heard of them. Yes, uh, uh, obviously we're talking about Leo Gomez and also Rio Ruiz and Miguel Tejada. Renato Nunez. Renato Nunez. 
I always get Rio Ruiz and Renato Nunez confused. I'm not kidding. They were I, almost the same. I don't right, remember I which one was which. I'm not, Rio was left-handed. Which one played third? Which one played third and which one played first? Uh, Renato played more first. I feel like we might have stuck him out at third. Honestly, I mean. So the Rio answer is you don't know most, either. Rio played the Rio definitely played third. Rio played third. Yeah, right. but Renato played. Repli- Renato uh, played more uh, first. The answers, of course, are Brooks Robinson and Manny Machado. Yeah. Um. So my uh or or a shorter question. We I I, I had two ready, so we we might do both. I'm up to you. Uh. Who? What third baseman have the who? What third baseman has the most gold gloves in Major I, League Baseball? I mean, baseball? I would have assumed it was Brooks Robinson. You would be correct. Yeah. How many do you think he has? He played for twenty two years. Say he won 13 gold gloves, 15 gold gloves, 17 gold gloves. 16. 16. 16 gold gloves, the most outpacing, the next closest by six gold gloves awards. Can you name the, see if you can name the next three. At third base? Yes. Uh, Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre, not in the next three. He has five. Well, it's weird because Cal Ripken says he was the greatest defensive third baseman of all time. Hmm. So maybe gold gloves don't mean anything. Little, little, I mean... (laughs) It was a little uncomfortable when he said that. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> uncomfortable. When did he do that? He was doing a playoff game a few years back uh, for TBS. Oh. Uh, and it was like, dude, what? Hey, when you're in the moment, you're seeing that guy play third. I, I also, I remember <laughs> saying at the time, like, Cal was being accused of being a homer so much that I felt like he almost felt like he had to go the mm. other way a few times. And, like, like he had to say something like that. Um, uh, Mike Schmidt. Yep, Mike Schmidt, number tied for second with 10 Gold Glove Awards. Scott Rowland? Scott Rowland is fourth. He has eight. The, he okay. is the only other guy with eight plus. Uh, well, there's one more one more guy who's tied for second with uh, Mike Schmidt. T- tied for second as of last night. As of last Oh, because the, uh, the National League third base winner was, oh, God, who won in the National League last? Oh, God, uh, Nolan Arenado. Nolan, Nolan Arenado. Arenado. So yeah. Brooks, Mike Schmidt, Arenado, and Scott Rowland, your top right. four All Gold right. Glove third baseman uh, award winners. Do you want to do the other one, or is that enough uh, tidbit for today? I think that's enough for today. Okay. Can, can okay. it save for tomorrow? Yeah, I can save All for right, tomorrow. Very good. We'll save that for tomorrow. Tidbit was also brought to you today by Guilford Hall Brewery. GuilfordHall.com is the website. 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. It's such a cool place. Food's great. The craft beer. they got all sorts of events going on. Yappy hours, trivia, uh, live music. I, I can't encourage you enough to check out Guilford Hall Brewery. GuilfordHall.com. Uh, Tubular is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Um, cash outs are coming. We jumped the gun a little bit, but they are coming, I promise. They're going to integrate the FanDuel Sportsbook with online sports betting. That was a really cool thing that we learned yesterday from Leon Twyman. So when online sports betting comes, you're going to be able to make your bets from your phone while you're hanging out in the FanDuel Sportsbook with a 100-foot media wall, which is it's always just cool to be in the sportsbook during, like, big events because the atmosphere is electric and because you've got all of the, the, the screens up. It's just a cool place to be. But you're going to be able to bet from your phone and then go collect your winnings in cash at the counter. They're going to integrate fully online sports betting through the FanDuel app with with the sportsbook experience at Live Casino and Hotel, which is really cool. Um, but it's always just the best place to be for all sorts of big events. Email events at sportssocialmd.com to reserve your spot right now. Game four of the World Series this evening on Fox. Christian Javier goes against Aaron Nola. Wow. 
They, uh, yeah, they're starting Aaron Nola yeah, for Game Four, that's... which is bold. I mean, I get it; they they wouldn't have been able to do that without the rain out, but still bold. They're like leaving some scenario where they could go back to him if they needed to at the end of the series. Like probably not to start, but like out of the bullpen, yeah. they could bring out Aaron Nola before the series was over if they needed to. Um, that's night at eight on Fox for the Astros Phillies Game Four. Uh, Maryland women's volleyball on Big Ten Network tonight at seven against Penn State. Maryland women's basketball plays Millersville on an exhibition at 6 on Big Ten Network Plus. Loyola soccer wraps the regular season at 7 against Bucknell on ESPN Plus. Maction tonight, Central Michigan, Northern Illinois at 7 on ESPNU. Western Michigan, Bowling Green at 7 on ESPN2. Wizards Sixers at 6 o'clock on NBC Sports Watch. I guess um, because they got the World Series, they moved. That's why. So the basketball game is at 6. Uh, I mean, they okay. play in the same okay. complex in Philadelphia. Um Remarkable that yeah. there's cities where you can have two things going on at the same time. That's crazy. Uh, ESPN Celtics Cavaliers at 7.30. Grizzlies Blazers at 10. TNT Penguins Sabres at 7.30. Paramount Plus for Champions League action. The Golazo Show at 3 on CBS Sports Network. TBS for AEW Dynamite tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Yeah, a bit of a, bit of a busy night uh, across across streaming platforms. Uh, but uh, first on ABC, Jimmy Kimmel has Yvonne Strahovski from The Handmaid's Tale. And then music from your favorite band, The Viagra Boys. Ah, love The Viagra Boys. Yes. Uh, on Fallon, he's going to have George Lopez and music from Joy Badass. And then Seth Myers will have both Daniel Radcliffe and Weird Al together. Mm. Okay. Yeah, exciting. I and then uh, we'll, we were talking about it yesterday, Pawn Stars. It's the season 20 finale tonight on History Channel. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm can. I. I, I, I I'm looking for a wide receiver. I can. Best I can do is an inside linebacker. That's what they'll talk about on Pawn Star, Stars. Uh, and then so a movie called The Independence is uh, coming out on Peacock today. Uh, it is John Cena running for president. Uh, but it's like it's it, it's supposed to be like pretty like serious and kind of like well done. But sure. But it's like I mean, the, look, he's great in Peacemaker. He's incredible in yeah. Peacemaker. Peacemaker is unbelievable. But but like I couldn't find like a trailer for it. They just they just dropped like a teaser clip, and okay. it's like like a journalist is like trying to dig up dirt on I guess John Cena who's trying to run for president and like okay. her publisher or whatever is like you can't she like stole something it looks like pretty well done like very serious and dramatic but John Cena is running for president so it's like yeah it's like okay. yeah yeah I'm not sure I see it I'm not sure I see it and then uh, another true crime doc is coming out on Netflix Killer Sally Sally McNeil the bodybuilder who killed her husband Ray McNeil um that one's on Netflix because he was like abusing her and her kids, oh, and then Christ. she, and then so she, uh, oh, all right. she all killed right. him, and so it's. I'm yeah. I'm actually intrigued by that. Yes. <laughs> I might yeah. I might watch. On all Netflix. Right. All right, very good. I gotta watch the Fallwell thing though first. Mm, yeah. I gotta finish Rexham, yeah. then I'll watch the Fallwell thing. That's on my. That's they're they're bombarding us with too many. Yeah, too true many. crime. Exactly right. Exactly right. All right, thanks today to um, uh, Drew Forrester. Thanks also to Zach McPherson from the Eagles, Rasan Lewis from Kentucky, who you're about to hear from. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow, segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show with Chuck Clark. We'll make some picks. Stuff and things. Oh, boy. All right. Stuff and things on the program tomorrow. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department. I have, still to come, I have a few of you ask if they're going to get the full video up of me doing the uh, agility test. Yes, I promise it's coming. Uh, my buddy Patrick Say has been working hard on that. Uh, we will get it to you, I promise. Uh, you can see the teaser on uh, TikTok in various locations. Also, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Acosta Sin, Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. 
Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass is how you follow him at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for us. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Loyola soccer. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. We wrap up today's show. Uh, really interesting local connection. Rasan Lewis, Kentucky wide receiver, the son of Ray Lewis. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Well, this is a cool story to talk to somebody who has a very unique connection to Baltimore here on Glenn Clark Radio. As our next guest has uh, has really broken through the last couple of weeks, and he had his uh, first career touchdown just two weeks ago. It's been quite the journey for Rasan Lewis, who is, of course, the son of Ray Lewis, Ravens legend, and he is with us now here on GCR. Rasan, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. I appreciate you all. Absolutely, man. Can you tell me what this has been like? You, you really, I, I used the word journey a second ago, right? Like, you've been through a lot of things, um, injuries and position changes and college changes and, um, you know, having to be a walk-on, things like that. What has it meant to you to be part? I know last week wasn't so great, but other than that, to be part of a really great season and to be able to make your own impact and get your first career touchdown catch this year. Um, I mean, it means everything. Like you said, it's a journey. Uh, my pops and my mom always told me, you always got to keep going. Things always go your way. But your time will always come. So throughout the journey, the injuries, as you said, the position changes, there's just, there's just the different situations. You just got to find something that always keeps you going. And then when opportunity comes knocking, which doesn't come off, you got to just make the best of it. So that's all I was trying to do. Have you, you know, have you been able to stay positive throughout it? Have you been able to, do you, did you ever experience any amount of like self-doubt or, you know, am I supposed to be here, anything like that? Or did you know all along, hey, when I get my opportunity, I know I'm going to be able to deliver? Um, I knew. Um, not to say any cocky way, just more confidence. I always know myself. I know what I'm capable of. And I know I'm behind some great players and great teammates. So I just knew that if I got the chance, what I can do. And I feel like my team believed in me and do the same thing. So when the, when the chance happened, we kind of all just – I just played ball. We all just knew what was going to happen. No, and we knew it, what I was it is really cool, and I could see how much it meant to your teammates and everybody around the Kentucky program because they know the work you've put in. Um, Rasan, give me the, the positives, the negatives, right? Like being the son of an icon, the son of a Hall of Famer, um, an absolute legend within a sport. I know there's a ton of positives that come with that. I'm sure there's also a couple of negatives and you know expectations that people have for you, things like that. Give, give me the both the plus and the minuses. Of, of being in the unique position that you've been in in your life? Um, I feel like the positives are more obvious, of course, like going to the games, growing up, having those kind of like name and recognition starting from him and stemming from him. Um, those are more just the positives, whether it's in a sport, outside of a sport. And then more negatives, I would just say, one, everything trying, everybody trying to compare me to him, mm-hmm. having an expectation of that I am him. And I don't feel any pressure from it at all, but I just try to make it known as best I can in my own person and try to make Rasan Lewis known. So as much as I love him and respect him, I'm, I'm still my own human being, and that's all I try to get across, which is the biggest negative, I would say. But outside of that, it's just small things, like to go out to eat, everybody's trying to bother you, you can't eat a meal in peace. But <laughs> there's, not, there's not many negatives. That's just the biggest one, is trying to make a name for myself and not always be under his wing even though in the sport of football he's obviously brought up which is okay i mean he's still my father but i don't feel any extra pressure from it so it doesn't bother me i appreciate that by the way and i also hadn't thought at all about that you've probably been dealing with that your entire life like there's probably been no time in your life (laughs) where you've ever been around your father like in public and you've just been able to be like 
you know, dad and son and not have everyone on the planet trying to get a piece of the man. <laughs> Yeah, it's rough. He tries his best to stay respectful because obviously people talk if he doesn't act a certain way. He tries to disguise himself, but yeah, he's hard to disguise. People notice him. They try <laughs> to take their pictures and ask their questions and walk up, and he tries to be respectful about it, but we are trying to eat dinner. So, I mean, <laughs> it's a rough situation. It'd be really nice if we could just maybe enjoy our appetite. <laughs> Rasan Lewis is with us here on GCR. Um, uh, Rasan, when did you know? Like, it, Take me back in your life. Like, when did you know you wanted to pursue football? Like, did did you know? I know you play basketball as well. Like, was it was football always a first love, or, or was it maybe you wanted to play basketball? Like, what what was the path for you to deciding you wanted to continue playing football? Um, to be honest, basketball was my first love, and I was solely just to be different than my entire family, really, even like uncles and cousins, not yeah. even just my dad. But I always loved football. I still have the passion and heart for it. So I always played football, basketball, and track my entire life. And then um, it came close to like senior year and things, and I was still playing on pursuing basketball. But part of it was just, I don't know, just playing basketball, just like on the hard on, and just every day I just was like, it's just a lot like body-wise. So I just chose football. I mean, obviously football seems like a lot with the contact and everything, but with the grass giving and the, the texture of what we play on is a lot easier on the body. So just me, because I was a jumper, so me dunking and all that type of stuff, you know the toll it takes on your knees, so, mm -hmm. and your back. And even though I was still healthy, I was just like, you know, I still have a love and passion for football. I feel like I can pursue it and be successful in it. So I chose it. It was just a hard decision I had to make very shortly before signing day. I mean, you know, and obviously it, it's something that, um, you know, I, I'd say it's it's working out all right for you. I imagine it's got to be still be difficult. I imagine there's still part of you. That, did you ever have a thought at any point during your career, like, man, maybe I, maybe I should go out and see if I can't still play basketball? Did you ever go through any of that? Um, to an extent. So these school I've been at, I've always I'm actually pretty close. To, not close, but like mutually and cool with the basketball players at like UCF when I was there and different sure. places. So even here in UK, I feel like I went and hooped with them a few times. And they all tell me like how good I am and how good I could have been. And I know it too. My whole family to this day tells me I should have still played basketball because I was that good. But and uh, yeah, times you miss it, but that's life. You know, I try to live with no regrets. So yeah, I think about it sometimes. I'll watch more highlights and we all go hoop and people talk like, bro, you should have just played basketball. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, but God has a plan for me. That's where I'm at now. I've re I respect it. Your, your dad, of course, was legendarily, like, was an incredible wrestler. Was wrestling ever part of the story for you? Like, did you ever mess around on a mat at all? Yeah, I did. I was actually a pretty good wrestler. But as we got older, my dad was just like, you got to start narrowing it down yeah. to what you really want to pursue. So, like, I did a lot of things growing up. I did swimming. I did, like, every, pretty much everything. Tennis, my mom played tennis, so she had us play tennis for, for months with the whole trainer and everything, which was fun. But it wasn't, it wasn't for me. I wasn't bad at it. It just, I, could, I knew that's not what I wanted to pursue mainly. So it was like I tried a lot of things growing up just for the fun of being, being a kid. It's cool. Somebody to play on teams with. But as I got older, I had to choose one or two to mainly pursue, which was football and basketball for me. That's really cool, man. Um, Rasan, what's your relationship like with Baltimore? We know you're, you're a Florida kid, right? Like, that's what home was for you. But... As you mentioned, like you, when you were very young, your dad was still here and was an icon. What's your relationship been like with Baltimore? Like, do you closely associate with our city? Um, I have I have love for it just from him being there and the times I'm there, like even going up and flying there to stay with him and things like that. Yeah. But I, I'll be honest, I don't have the closest my personal connection with it. I have love for it through 
him, like Ed Reed, who I've been around my whole life. So I have love for it through them. Um, cool. Basketball wise, I, I was a big like I was good at basketball. So my dad had me up there at the facility training and stuff like that for basketball back then. So I've had to have some fun in it and be around a little bit, but mainly my love is just through them. It's not personal. I, I understand that. I completely, you know, it, it, this wasn't necessarily your home. I completely get that. Um, wh- how do you handle? the the fanboys right like how do you handle and i'm sure you've even had to deal with this with like teammates over the years where people come up to you and are like oh my god i i listen to your dad's pregame speeches all the time or like how do you i i I gotta imagine there's a level of like hey i appreciate that but like yeah i'm kind of over it like how do you handle all of that um honestly the funny part is i never know what to say really because it's like they come to me and say different things. I always say I appreciate it or like I'll laugh when they're saying something's funny. But I don't know exactly what, like, I don't know what they want me to say. Like, what do you want to hear from me? <laughs> right. So I try to just kind of try to judge them, like, not judge them as a person, but like how they're saying it to me and try to give a response based off that. But I handle it well. When I was younger, it bothered me more, like being bothered about it. I always ask a lot of, as you grow up, I have to, once I realized and grew up and understood who he was, and his effect on people, yeah. it makes it easier to handle because people come to you, understand why they feel that way. You, you understand because of who he is to other people. So it doesn't bother me anymore. Wow. It, I don't it, mind it, people asking me or want to talk to me about it. It really doesn't bother me. It sounds like a powerful statement about the ability to like share your dad with everyone. Like that, you know, yeah, he means something to you, but you, you, you have an understanding of what he means to so many more people. Yeah, I mean, I have to. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than him. And that's what his whole fight and passion was about it's like to change to be different so when other people come to me i understand why they're coming to me now especially with him being who he is and him officially being ranked the best linebacker ever and all these different things you have to understand and respect what he did and who he is and understand people's love for him as well so i don't don't, like i said when i was younger it bothered me a lot more but now i don't mind it because i understand especially being at this level in the game of football, I yeah. understand his effect and impact on it. That's so it awesome. doesn't bother me at all when people ask me about it. That's awesome, man. We're, we're chatting with Kentucky wide receiver Rasan Lewis. Just another minute or two with him here on GCR. Rasan, um, give me the way that you're you're most similar to him in like your mindset, your mentality as a football player, and then maybe the way that you're most different from him, that you're like, you know, maybe maybe you're not the guy that's going to do the rah-rah stuff. Like, you know, what are the, the ways, the things you say, oh, man, that's that's dad. I know that's where I got that from. And the ways that maybe as a football player you said, but this is how I want to make sure I'm I'm different. I carve my own way. Um, football-wise, it's just more the mentality. Like, kind of like, like Kobe. We all have the same mentality. Of, yeah. I respect and love everybody on my team who I play against, no matter who it is. But at the end of the day, I would never think somebody's just better than me. He might be better at something specific than me, but overall, I feel I can make any impact that I can make, and that's just the mentality I have. If you line up against me, football, offense, defense, I don't care. Like, I have to win. I have to win out more than I lose, and that's the reality of it. Um, Also, that's more of a similarity. The differences, I would say, is I'm not a big talker like he was unless I get there, but the thing about me getting there isn't about anybody else. He and my mom raised us very, very well to, like, not anybody else get to us. So you'll never get me talking from trying to say something to me. Nothing you say personal, I don't care what it is, not going to get me kind of going. So that's kind of the difference, I would say, because on the field, he would um, talk, whatever he was talking, you hear him yelling and screaming and how he is. I'm not that way. I'll mm. kind of laugh. He was trying mm. to talk mess and bring up your dad. Oh, your dad can't help you out here. I'll look into your face and laugh at you and jog off. Wow. Like, I don't let people really get to me, but that's the difference between him 
people don't get to him, but that's how he gets going. He just starts talking and going and going. I'm just not that way. I just laugh at people and just do what I do. I have no reason to talk to you. You're playing against me. Why am I talking to you? That's cool, man. It, it's 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 an interesting you know perspective that you bring about who you are. Um, Rasan, what's 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 the future for you? What like what are the goals? You know, when you move on from Kentucky, what what's is is football very clearly part of your future plans? Do you have other you know goals that you want to pursue outside of football? Um, football is the future plan, but as you as we all know, we don't control how life goes. So if it does work out, then great. And if it doesn't, then great. Because I can say that I gave my all, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. So if it doesn't work out, I, I won't live in regret. I won't be like dissatisfied. So if that's that's the case, then I'll um. Life continues. I'll, that's one thing about me. I'll never just sit here and not keep going forward. So I'll definitely find something that I still enjoy, still like, still maybe fun, whatever the case is, sports or not, and make me some money to take care of what I have to take care of. I respect that, man. I respect that. We can't wait to see what's next for you. Rasan, what can we plug for you, man, social media-wise, Twitter, Instagram? Uh, imagine there's a lot of Ravens fans that would love to continue following you and, and what you guys are doing at Kentucky this season as you've been stepping in and making an impact. Um, yes, sir. My Twitter is just my, um, Rasan L, which is capital R and then A-H-S-A-A-N and capital L. That's it. No spaces. And then my Instagram is Lou Gotta Make It. So it's L-E-W-G-O-T-T-A-M-A-K-E-I-T. Awesome, man. Hey, Rasan, congratulations on, on getting everything you've been through, getting this opportunity to show everybody what you're capable of, man. Uh, awesome to see it. Wish you guys nothing but success the rest of the way. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yes, sir. Thank you for your time.